Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm oh no, I'm your host Rob, the repairer of the the stream that is the Rebel Alliance. Joined yes. today by Owen uh, Smackson is what I've decided you're called today. Uh- <laughs> yeah, woo, woo, that's me. Woo. Only at the weekend, but Rob, I didn't know you knew that about me. Uh- <laughs> anyway. I mean, fresh off a birthday weekend, so if anyone wants to throw him a birthday weekend high five, uh, then please do. Uh, that would be great. I still am uh, hanging out <laughs> at the, the, the backup stream location, uh, which is a bar here in the TSN Arena. Uh, thank you, everyone, in the chat uh, for joining us today. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens to the podcast, and thank you to everyone uh, who subscribes on Patreon and on YouTube thugs. Me and Owen today are going to be talking through, I'm going to find out how Owen is. Uh, and there are some event results, but not many really from the weekend. We had something from Japan and we obviously had events here at the TSN Arena. Uh, but I think I might talk about that tonight. The kind of key takeaway though, uh, is it's the end of Age Sigmar 2. And so me and Owen thought we'd talk about some, some things that happened in Age Sigmar 2 in the competitive kind of environment and scene. And, uh, like, and I thought, we would just take a trip down memory lane, a goodbye, a swan song, mm. uh, au hors d'oeuvre. Is that French? No, no, that's that's before, not after an hors d'oeuvre. You could say it would be a nightcap, perhaps. Oh, you love a nightcap. We know that. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to pull we're going to pour one out for AOS too, aren't we? We're going to um, all stand around the coffin and throw flowers into the grave. Is that a bit too dark for a Monday morning? No, that's walk? fine. That's a classic. That's a, cl- that's, a, that's a perfect thing. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat. Stop hammer time. Uh, big love to you. Put uh, uh, me, I was just finally finished a point reaction podcast. What day is it now? How long was I out? A long time. <laughs> Thanks, MJ Welcome Pegasus, back. for donating a pound. 69 to the show. Dark Design, good morning. Um, glad you're a great tournament. Sorry that I'm always down on tournaments t- uh, to do my own experiences. Maybe one day I'll get over that. I really hope that you get out to tournaments, uh, Darker Design, because I promise you they are the best way of enjoying Warhammer, in my opinion. Some people it's not. Some people it's your three friends who you have over constantly for 35 years and you don't like anyone else and that's fucking brilliant. But I've been able to meet people like Owen, the wonderful people from the weekend, people from all around the world and it's my favourite bit about it. That's what I like most about it and thanks to Jog PLC for donating £20 to the brand new computer fund uh, because it is computed. Owen. Hi. I can hear myself, and I really hate it. Uh, how are you doing? Catch me up. I'm all right, man. I'm okay. I'm a bit uh, tired this morning. Mm-hmm. I had a night out on Friday. For your, and, for your uh, birthday? Still, for my birthday. Uh, got in at about four. Mm-hmm. Um, and still recovering. Hashtag over 40. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm all right. I'm good. I've been trying to get my head around... Um, Age of Sigma three a little bit this weekend, Rob. It's a, it's a pretty large and multifaceted beast, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 in it's exciting times, but it's also quite, I don't know, the 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 quantity of change is quite bewildering. So I've been struggling with a two day hangover and trying to get my head around a game that I love. Um, so yeah, that, that's me. How are you, sir? You well? Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, I mean, it, there's a lot to break down. We should talk some little bit about that, about your experiences. I'd like to talk about that. Thanks to the Dreadwood for donating £10. Uh, that's fucking super nice of you, you, you cutie. Um, that's so fucking big thumbs. Uh, Idiot Win says happy birthday to you, Owen. Uh, yeah, like, 
Uh, let's talk. I'll, I'll just quickly tell you about my weekend as well. Thanks to Jens Morgan for donating six pound ninety, and he already donated some money the other day. So stop it. Yeah, uh, Smorgan's also got an excellent video which I'm halfway through up on his AOS List Lab show. If you guys want to go and listen to it, I'm halfway through. I'm listening to the rest later. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, good. We obviously ran an event here at the TSN Arena over the weekend. Uh, two of them, my first two tournaments. Uh, Owen, you'll really like this. First one I ran on. Um, BCP, so uh, Best Coast Parents, and it went fine. Mm-hmm. I was really nervous about it. I actually didn't sleep the night before pretty much, kept waking up, and I think I was too anxious about it. Uh, and then it went really fine, arguably hilariously fine. Like, it was just like, you know, I was just walking around, I'm like, what's your score? 18-2? No problem. Put it in. Boof. Like, it was so fucking easy. Um, and so that wasn't a problem. Um, uh, thanks, Nurgle Matthew. Massive love to you. Um, and also thanks to uh, King Carligan. Oh, thanks, King Carligan, for donating £10. The... Um, uh, but yeah, like, uh, I didn't really have much to say. Like, uh, I really enjoyed, for the ease of the players, I went and reset all of the tables in between the rounds. Um, you mm-hmm. know, when a table finished, I was like, you take all your models off, I'm going to re-rack them. Uh, and I reset the terrain and stuff, and that worked well. Uh, I'm sending out, like, an email about how the terrain pack... So if you guys have seen me on Vince uh, Warhammer Weekly show, um, uh, see me talking about the terrain pack, we had that in effect. And I think that was really interesting. You know, someone like Daniil from the Bad Moon Loons, who's a big 40k player. I was exp- like, there was a game uh, where he played, and I was kind of explaining obscuring and stuff. Um, I think Charlie, Beast of Chaos, he went 3-0 and um, with his Beast of Chaos, which is an incredible achievement. Um, stop the stream. Stop the stream. Did you, I just, uh, <laughs> stop the stream. Stop the stream. <laughs> so Charlie got three three big wins with his Beasts of Chaos, right? As first defender, if you guys don't play uh, team... Uh, so when you have four cards, the first card you put in is what's called the defender. So basically, it's kind of like the all-comers. Almost importantly, what you really do is you put kind of your worst list... In. There's a, there's loads of tactics. Sometimes you put your worst list in. I mean, I, I'm not going to ask you about your tactics, but obviously, Owen is going to be running the Age of Sigmar Six Nations event, and we're going to be live-streaming it. So we'll have loads of conversations about this over the next six months for you guys. But normally, there's a tactic. You put maybe your worst first defender, your worst list in, if you will, mm-hmm. and then you kind you either take out their big bad and just eat it, or you kind of get them a matchup that maybe works easier for them. Not really sure. Like I think that's at least one strategy. I'm sure there are more strategies for the pairings. Um, uh, but he went in as first defender every time as well. So I don't think he even like picked up easy uh, easy games really. Um, uh, so yeah, like fascinating. Like I mean, um, go on. Charlie Charlie knows how to play Warhammer, right? Yeah, and I think that's one of the interesting things as well. He was saying to me, really, it was. The other people, <clears throat> other like people were like, oh, I've just never fucking played Beast of Chaos. Mm-hmm. Like they just kept saying that they were like, I've never played it. Like it was a fucking nightmare. And I think there's something to be said about that. Like, and also yeah. as it ties into Age of Sigmar three, something to be said about that. We're going to be playing against stuff like rules that we've not really experienced before. So there's going to be a load of like gotcha moments, um, and mm-hmm. also that units are going to become stronger or um, or different. Let's say. And because points have moved around, so we're going to see different army styles. So we're going to be like, you're going to be very, uh, it's just going to be very different. So there's something mm. to be said about that kind of that newness, I would say. I don't know what you, what you yes. think. Yes. Well, there's a trope, isn't there? Well, not a trope necessarily, but there is a cliche around, you know, uh, you play and lose to an army for the first time and then you understand how to beat it for your next game. And I think that that can be called the Sons of Bayonet, the rule of Bayonet. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people that play that army for the first time and you're like, shit, you just like want my whole big unit of dudes that were supposed to stand there and win me the game. Um, so, yeah, there's a fair amount of... Um, 
of it with new armies, but also, yeah, un, unfavorable armies. It's, you know, I'm, I've heard, I hoover up a reasonable amount of Warhammer content and you do, you do hear people talking um, about, you know, there's, 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 there's quite an advantage to playing something that has both, you know, perhaps is seen as not being the strongest book or, 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 or shit or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, getting a good player who knows that book inside out and putting the army on the table, a lot of people be like, oh, oh, right, I've heard that this isn't very good, but I've never played it. And then suddenly, you know, you've got a very, it seems to me that Beasts of Chaos, no other army uh, creates such, such a tribal passion. Is it because it's the raw kind of bestial energy, the feral spirit of no, the I, of chaos? But I think that there's something to be said for all of the factions that underperform generally. Like I think that they have like you're almost left with the diehards. They're like I won't leave. Like and and there's actually some sort. There's like I don't say nobility to it, but there's there's kind of a beauty to it. I think in that situation as well, where the people who are just like diehard on that particular faction or that particular army, like whatever that, like every, like I, I was saying to, so he was playing at one point, he was playing Pete from the Essex Moor Tribes and, and Pete had his, uh, like his Beast Call Raider Ogre Moor Tribes list, like, so Boulderhead, Stonehorns. Um, and, uh, I said to Pete, I was like, the thing is, is Charlie wins either way. He either loses, in which case you're meant to win. Yeah. Or he wins and then like he double like you double win yeah, like, yeah it's yeah, actually made yeah. me really really confident about the cruel boys like and made me very excited about them because i'm like okay maybe they're gonna fucking suck but like every opportunity i have um for them to not like every win i get is gonna be like obviously i don't know everything yet i'm not being a debbie downer i'm just saying they don't look great yeah, but then if they are a mid-performing army, like with my Chaos Dwarves, every time I do well with them, like, you're meant to beat me. If you've got Seraphon right now, like, you're meant to beat me. And if I beat you, I'm the winner, right? Thanks, by the way, Pete, for donating £20 to the show, man. That's super lo lovely of you. Um, so nice. You shouldn't have done that. But thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, go on, uh, Owen. Um, uh, yeah, well, you got any more thoughts on that? Just... The fact that I think, um, you know, a couple of people in the chat dropping things in saying, um, I think Smorgan was saying uh, uh, the, the the Jaws of Mork, like the, the Gits build. Uh, that was, another, sorry, Squigs, another great example. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I don't think that Games Workshop make any armies that are unplayable, right? There are just winners and losers. But if you've got a faction that you love and you, you you know, you, you, you learn it inside out, I think I see it a lot with... Um, Skaven seems to have a similar sort of pull on the heartstrings, doesn't it? Um, in terms of, it was obviously really good when it first came out, but it has taken successive knocks with changes to the game and changes to the points. Um, but you'd still get a lot of people playing it. I think you had a couple of Skaven players at the weekend, right? A couple of brothers, was that right? Or one of the brothers was playing Skaven? And yeah, we like did. That, there seems to be a lot of love for those. George factions. and Alexander, fucking legends. Oh, by the way, thanks, Bobbin, you tall, gorgeous man, for donating £25 to the, the fund. Appreciated from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, George and, George and Alexander, you're all overwhelmingly nice. Thank you. Um, yeah, they just they, they were just like, they both lost all of their games. They didn't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, there he is in the, in the chat. There's Alexander. Two, let's go, baby. <laughs> he got a whole zero points. He didn't give a shit. He was running 120 giant rats. Um, like, but was just playing his heart out and having a great time. And I think, yeah, maybe there's something to be. I don't know if I could do that though. I don't know if I could take that kicking. I was talking to, I was talking to Richie from, uh, not Richie. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, the fucking most beautiful man ever who plays Warhammer. Um, uh, <laughs> from HWG uh, with his gargants. And um, 
uh, he was just like, I was like, I can't play. I can't play how Andy Hughes plays, where you just eat shit for th- like three games or five games. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where you just walk forward and you just get fucking beat. Yeah, I can't. I can't play that way, Owen. I can't play that way. I need. I need some hammers in my list. Mm. I need something to be like. I'm gonna fucking get you with this in a minute. Uh, like that's what I need to. I can't play that way. But yeah. Well, a lot. A lot of people will play a faction or an army specifically to do one incredibly cool interaction with the stars align, right? And that's how people find their fun. Um, you know, I think when we play Warhammer, it's just a reflection of you as a person. Some people want to win the tournament and everything's based around that. Whereas some people just want, I don't know, to make plague bearers that have two wounds that do more wounds on sixes or, you know what I mean? Like people like to have like three different spells that all overlap. Um, I mean, I know at the moment Smorgan is, is super keen on making Eshen work. And, um, you know, I don't really see many Eshen. I, I'm quite, I know quite a bit about Eshen. I did say in one of the WhatsApp groups, I'm very informed. I can tell you all the different ways that you can lose with Eshen, Rob, if you want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's, I do. That's, that's my, uh, that's my um, uh, skill set on Eshen. But anyway, I don't know. That was quite a rambling conversation. But fi- find your fun, eh, Rob? Find your fun. You find your fun. You have- you only had 16 people there at the weekend, but some sounds like a couple of lads were super happy to just have some games and finish bottom. And then you had other people who turned up with, you know, like the top tier lists. Um, yeah. I, hey, I, it's the stat center, Rob. You could tell us who what, who won, who took out the tournament. Well, fucking Matt, Matt Goldsborough has got to just, like, he's got so many hammers now. He doesn't know what to do with it. He had to take him home in a bin bag, um, uh, which was, uh, so he won the singles event and his team, the Baboon Loons, took out uh the uh the team event and interesting thing about the team event uh lee bromley would love to come and play at one of your events there's a i I can put a link i think i can put a link in the chat lee no i can't put a link in the chat i did have a link Uh, i'll go grab a link for you now um so you guys can uh, uh if anyone wants to get a ticket um just give me a second the um uh the yeah so the the bad moon loons took out but the the interesting thing about the team event i mean i'd like your kind of thoughts on it actually um is uh, I didn't do, we didn't, because it's th- four teams of four, okay? So, because um, that's the maximum we can fit in and the maximum that's allowed. Um, and then uh, we, I just had them all play each other as opposed to, like everyone played everyone, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the Loons won each one of their three matches. Uh, so they were like, they had a dominant score. It was, it was crazy. Like, they had like 224 or whatever it was. Like it, it was pretty wild. Out of, like, so the maximum you can get is... 240 so they did very well um, i mean i mean what do you think well probably at this stage right now there's probably no better four-man warhammer uh, age of sigma 2.0 team in the uk right there's no other team that's looked at all the lists and practiced and tried things and through the course of doing the super series so um no no surprises there right and they're you know they're an excellent bunch of gamers so um yeah fair play yeah right uh, yeah incredible yeah uh, thanks by the way uh mj for donating six pounds massive love yeah so he, he um uh yeah so matt matt and his team did really well matt won with that uh that helon list which was pretty rough but also shout out to tom cunnell who also went 3-0 uh with that pretty pretty aggressive um uh daughters of cane list on the singles event on the saturday both matt and tom uh, and then Matt just picking him on the secondaries by two points. But Tom Connell did an amazing job with his Daughters of Cain army. Like, really considered, really thoughtful. Like, really, really solid Warhammer. Like, really fun watching him play. Like, just a lovely bloke. And um, 
So uh, they didn't happen to run each other into each other in the singles event. So they both went 3-0. And Tom was running like what you would expect, right? Like, what, I think he was running Keltnar, actually. Uh, um, yeah, double check. Yeah, he was running Keltnar and he was running uh, those 15 uh, Bloodstalkers with Marathi. And then he had like the two units of Shadow Stonkers. So he had kind of what we think of as the DOK list. Uh, mm -hmm. Thanks massively to Marcus Rock for donating £16.69. The show, huge love. Mass, that's fucking super lovely of you. Um, lovely, lovely. Thanks so much. But the uh, so what, what, what was it that impressed you most? Was it when he spent the CP in the hero phase and the stalkers <laughs> shot something off the board? No, what impressed me most is <laughs> no, when know, day two, day two, uh, this is what was really nice about the like everyone kind of like playing each other in the pairings and everything else is both Matt, Matt and Tom had played on the singles event in the day. Um, tip from my newborn daughter. Oh, Marcus Rock, congratulations. What's she called? How? Yes. Congratulations. Big love. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, by the way, the old, P the, the old PC is the motherboard that, uh, that caputed. We think. We actually don't have a new PC to plug in the other bits to see if they're alive. So I, we don't know uh, is the answer, but it's definitely the motherboard. Um, yeah, the, uh, so the point is, they both went 3-0 on the Saturday, but on the Sunday, Owen, in the pairings mm -hmm. process, Tom was like, when the loons played the nine-inch fails, those are the two team names, um, mm -hmm. Tom was like, give me Matt. Give me Matt. I want to yeah, prove yeah. myself here. Yeah, like, <laughs> I want to play against it. And like, I think he played like a solid, solid game, right? Where, but I was, they were playing just at this table behind me, and I was sat on the bar. So I could see, and I knew that big priority role was coming up, because Tom had basically been like, cool. Because you can't ever catch... The wind charges, like you, unless you see it, and if you go back and watch it on the T Sports Network, you can't, you can't get it. It's forty-eight inches. They mm -hmm. shoot you, they charge you, and then they leave forty-eight inches. Like you just don't like. They're in their deployment. They hit you. They go back to their deployment. Actually, uh, John Keatley, lovely fella, he was playing in uh, round three against Matt Goldsborough's Helon Nation Lumineth. Uh, with his fire slayers and he just he'd, mm -hmm. he'd whomped his two games before and then he came uh, after that round and he lost a mat and he was like I didn't make one melee attack he had a fire slayers army they played five mm -hmm. rounds he didn't make one melee attack I know that list as well John's really lovely fella played loads of TTS and he's got possibly the fastest I know that's probably saying not saying much but he has got the fastest fire slayer list that's out there there's run and charge and you can auto run he plays um Vostag doesn't he he doesn't play Hermdar he plays the speedy one yes yes he um, plays the fast one but I, I I yeah exactly you can't catch and fight the wind charges or severith it just reinforces more shooting, which is the thing that makes me a little bit sad. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised that Tom said, let me have a go at this list because with the 24 and the thir well, the 32-inch range on the bow snakes, he has actually got something that can reach out and pick off a load of wind chargers or, or pick off uh, uh, Severith. However, it didn't matter because the wind chargers uh, in turn one ran over, killed eight or nine bow snakes in the first turn and then ran away 48 inches. But like, it, but the thing is, it, and it doesn't, it doesn't not work. Um, uh, it doesn't not work uh, in Age of Sigmar three, if that makes sense. Like uh, oh, other really? than the battalion, what? yeah, the Helon. It's the he so. If you guys are wondering, fifteen wind charges. They're more expensive now, of course. Severith, who's a bit more expensive, but you can just run in and then run away. Like not good into shooting, but so good. Yeah, right. 
Anyway, phenomenal. So, well, I mean, yeah, it sounds quite... It, well, we watched it at the Super Series, and I'm, I'm sure you had... A, so did he play that all weekend, then, in both teams and in singles? Yes. The, the same list. So he made a lot of new friends then, right? <laughs> the thing is, the thing is... <laughs> and Matt's lovely, don't get me wrong, but it's just, I think it's got the potential to be proper feels bad, that list, right? Oh, uh, listen, 100%, right? Uh, but, like, there's so much... Uh, happening with that so like Matt Roberts uh, Matt and uh, Matt Matt Roberts and Matt Golds were played they both were running Lumineth they went into a mirror match round three uh, and Matt was running like more traditional techless um, mm-hmm. warden sentinels um, versus it and he's just like I'm just going to go buy some kangaroos like and they were like talking about it and they were just being like Lumineth bros being like yeah that is better. Let's do that. Like, they were just like fist bumping. They were like, I can't wait. He was like, I can't wait to do this back to the lads when I get home. I'm going to go get myself 15. Like- no. So Matt, Matt's not only like playing the army, but he's also like some kind of acolyte spreading the good word. Like, mate, I know that you, you, like, you like all your long spears and stuff, but have you tried out one of these wind charges? Have a look at these. <laughs> It's <laughs> like spreading the. Have they have gone up a bit? You say then, Rob? Yeah. In, yeah, in they, the have, they have. They have. Everything went up a bit. They have. There, they have. So before we talk, I'd like to ask you about Age of Sigma three stuff. As but we'll maybe do that at the end as like a look to the future. Should we okay, just yeah, kind yeah, of? Should we just say our swung song to to Age of Sigma two? Because I've got. Yeah. I, I've got some stuff. I know you've got some stuff. Do you want to? Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? I mean, all I really did was I had a little look at what. You know, most of Age of Sigmar 2, um, certainly, you know, us talking about lists and, and this sort of statue in general, it's mainly been, you know, born out of the lockdown. So um, a lot of my sort of thoughts are based around uh, Tabletop Simulator and all the tournaments we, we, we ran. Um, I will do the odd one still, uh, just for people who are interested or want to play. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's taken a bit of a backseat at the moment. But, yeah, looking looking back, I mean pretty wild time you know we had quite a lot of books which didn't ever have the opportunity to be seen on the table did they so it was only in the digital realm that we saw you know the real power of seraphon and um you know lumineth came out and was 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 a purely tts army for a while wasn't it um same with the sons of behemoth i um, saw my first with regards to that i saw my first in-person uh spirit mountain spirit uh goat mountain for lumineth realm lords they're tiny they're massive yeah, in TTS. They're, 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 they're <laughs> not as massive as, as you think. So this is like Avalonor and the Stoneheart King. And yeah, stuff, I was yeah. like, why are you so little? <laughs> Thanks, Obi-Wan. I mean, they're not that big. Come on, Rob. <laughs> it was tiny, man. Like, I was like, uh, maybe just TTS because your screen's huge. So it was like, uh, yeah, okay. I hey, don't know. But maybe also the mountains don't grow that big in Hish. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe that's they're true. just not the, the... They just don't have the... Uh, geology for it yeah that's the, the, right the, the, that's that's the right terms that's right term. yeah. i just don't want to talk about so, growing so, rocks. so like i say i mean i'm i'm gonna really lean into I, I just had to think i did a few notes rob and i'm just gonna throw a few things out there the, these seem to be like the trends or the big things that happened in competitive warhammer in 2.0 um you know you had tts where people don't have to buy models so you know you could run anything yeah um, and i think that that manifests itself very early um with with the new seraphon book didn't it rob yeah and we had people running lots of salamanders in dracothian's tail <laughs> so so josh so josh yesterday was running salamanders um and it was so fun to watch people be like 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 
<laughs> to run Callum. Callum run his Stonehorn, uh, his uh, Frostlord Stonehorn, kind of like in Knife to the Heart, uh, Seraphon Castle. And he was like, I've got him here. I'm in the bunker. And Josh was just like looking at his like three to six salamanders. It was off air, like off screen. And I was like, like not on the table yet. And I was like, okay. And then he landed down and then Callum was like, what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, everyone was like, there used to be 80 points. And then, yeah, at that time, at the start of TTS, they were they were 80 points, right? Yeah, and you'd get people running three or four units of three, um, which was pretty wild, right? I think we saw Obeyed, who was with you at the weekend. Yeah. He ran uh, against Mark Brooks from Team Wales and just hosed off a whole Blight King spam army. Um, yeah, incredible output. And I mean, you think, oh, God, that was awful. But they're still only what? They've only gone up to 120 for 3.0, haven't they? Um, so I do see a lot of people are are talking about uh, single or, or multiple twos. Obviously, you can only get a unit of two salamanders now. Um, but yeah, people do think that with skinks being kicked in the balls a bit, Sally's are still going to be... Just take the, minimum uh, salamanders, man. Minimum yeah, salamanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've yeah. got 12 painted and I'm like, cool, I'll run min salamanders. Like, that's that's not even that many points. Yeah. See, look, Marcus Rock in the chat, he faced three by three Sallies at a 1,250-point event. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, sometimes the community needs to check itself. Flame on. It? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Flame on, boys. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, so right, we're going to have a nice, fun game of Warhammer now, aren't we? <laughs> Are you having a good time? It's such an Sorry odd it's such an odd unit as well, right? Like because they've dominated the conversation over the past year and they're like mm. number 1 they are like and this is one of the best bits about it is because we, we like obviously we're a competitive show and we talk about competitive stuff all the time, but they are truly one of the ugliest models by Games Workshop, like outrageously awful. Like the fact that they even sell them is embarrassing for them as a company. Like mm -hmm. they are hot trash and then like people buying them is hot trash like the new ones like not the new ones those ones so it's what's outrageous is we're dominated by something that doesn't look good um mm. and also that there isn't really much story for them they're not like slans who have this kind of like background it's just if you read the the narrative text in there a bit like sometimes there are fire breathing lizards like literally the sentence like that's as much <laughs> as they emotionally fill the void in the story like there's nothing apart from the fact that they do outrageous damage um that is part of the conversation right and it's and it, it, like when Marathi's there, you're like, oh, I remember when she sag, uh, like uh, stabbed Sigmar in the back, and you know, like, and, and oh, she's got the mm -hmm. bow snakes and their their souls that she stole from Sarnesh, and she turned them into an image of herself. You're like, you've got some like, and they look beautiful, but like. Mm -hmm. We were just been dominated by hot trash rubbish stories. By like a bunch of fiery lads. Like There's this whole backstory about everything else, and then and then just like a couple of like a slant turns up like do do do. I found these fiery lads in the jungle. We 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 put a net on them, and now they're ours. And it just killed half of that guy's army. Yeah, it's these are brilliant. I'm just going to sit at the back of the board and let them do all the work. No more fighting for me. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was the thing. Um, and also you had the, yeah, so Drac Draco Tail. And we saw that in the Super Series, right? Draco Tail Salamanders. Maybe we chuck a Prime in, um, you know, some long strikes. Uh, that was a thing. And then also go into the strength of the Seraphon book. It's, I think we had to start with Seraphon if we're going to talk about 2.0 in, yeah. in, in its entirety. 
But, you know, Thunder Lizard Bastilodons was still a thing, right? Unrendable, shooting twice, wow. band burning head. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, and that, I mean, that was a fun kind of time on the internet as well, where everyone was, someone was like, hey, it's unrendable unless it takes some wounds. And that someone else was like, okay, walk me through this step by step. And you were like, I actually don't think I can. Like, I don't think I know. But those are just like, it's like someone says to me, Rob, like, like electricity is in your body and it's also inside plugs, but you can't put your fingers inside it. Like, I know I shouldn't, but I don't understand the, I don't understand how I have the electricity in my body and there's the electricity in the plug, but I can't make them connect. Like, do you know what I mean? There's some reason. Like, is it voltage? I don't know what an ohm is. Like, I'm not sure... Like have we got electricity in our bodies, Rob? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I don't know if it's too many wattages. Is what like I'm saying. Storm bros, yeah, yeah. Storm bros. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is, is I never really understood the unrendable thing, but I was like, that's the situation. Is my mm. point? Did you get it? Did you know what that we had electricity in our bodies? No. <laughs> Blow my mind right here, Rob. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is funny. It is interesting trying to figure out um, why GW makes certain things good. And we did all, we did always want the Seraphon to be good, didn't we? I mean, you're a Seraphon player of old, right, Rob? You wanted to get your stuff OG. on the table. You wanted to get those Saurus Knights dusted off. No, OG Seraphon player, actually. Uh, I'd say I was the OG Seraphon and Sylvaneth player. Not that I get the credit for it, but... Mm. Yeah, Seraphon, um, they were... <coughs> before the new book... <coughs> Sorry, before the new book, they just weren't in... They hadn't been in a good spot for years, really. Uh, in fact, so mm. much so that me and Nathan had done a Let's Play Seraphon Better show. So <coughs> this book came out, and it was insane. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, really, really impressive. And like, and still loads of ways to play it, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, one <laughs> thing I would do just to round out the, the talk about Seraphon is um, I don't think they're going anywhere, Rob. So anybody who was perhaps up debt, a bit upset with the cycle of, you know, they're really good, but I can't play real Warhammer with my mates uh, or, or, you know, in-person in Warhammer. And then by the time it gets around to me playing in-person Warhammer, all the points have gone up and, and you know, things have changed and the game's changed. Like, I still think they're... Um, I still think you're in a great spot if you've got a Seraphon army. That's why. I haven't seen any Seraphon armies on eBay suddenly. Have you, Rob? No. <laughs> you no. know, so, um, yeah, I think moving forward, expect to see um, Seraphon. It'll be different, obviously, with the reinforcement changes and stuff. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that's... I think Seraphon's if anything, it plays, it, it plays into some of their strengths. Ripidactyls are still good. They never saw... Ripidactyls didn't even see play, and they were good, right? Which is kind of key. Um, so there's yeah there's there's loads there there's loads from the army to play with I think and they're in a good spot. What about um, Zinch? Are we doing Zinch next, Owen? Yeah, Zinch is in there. I've got I tell you what, we can make a game of it. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got seven books that I thought were the prevalent, like the big threats. Yeah. And then I've got six, five or six other little fun builds that popped up over the course of the year. Okay. Um, so yeah, Zinch are very much in the sort of the top. Um, I think we all our heads go straight to hate host like uh, host Arcanum Archeon now because that ended up being almost like the crystallization of all the different you know ideas around Zinch um, and and you know you know I can see Stuarts in the chat people like Casper Agdal um, obviously Stephen follows. 
But I think you can actually go all the way back to um, to before lockdown. You know, um, Mark Wildman running um, Zinch Archeon at Sheffield Slaughter, where we did the coverage. Um, and really and truly, apart from a few points changes, that list didn't. He played it slightly differently. He had 10 knights, didn't he? And he was using host duplicitous, which is Stuart's favourite. So no retreat, and he was putting Geminids in there, so minus two to hit. But I think that the tech of the... I mean, we saw it in the Super Series with Luke, um, that, that Zeech list. But outside of that, um, you know, Antu and others using and using the Eternal Conflagration, you know, with the change host. Yeah, change um, host. And we saw Daniil play at the Super Series. Yeah, there's... Uh... Uh, and then um, we saw it also play in Australia uh, quite a bit as well. We didn't. I don't think we saw Zinch on quite as much in Australia, which is interesting. Although there was an event, I think, with like eight Archeon. No, that was a TTS event. Um, no, no, that was, no, no. You're right. There was there was a lined up Archeon. I think there's about eight Zinch, uh, six maybe six Zinch ones and a couple of uh, of slaves ones. Um, yes, that's right. I mean, I, at the Australian event. Yeah. 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 yeah that um, was great. Yeah, I think an Archeon's still going to be a massive threat. But you're right. I would actually say that there's so much in that host Arcanum list to talk about. Um, uh, because uh, we saw Change Host play, obviously, in Eternal Conflagration, where you got the plus one rend, and that kind of worked, and I think still works. Well, it still did work um, uh, up until now, where I think changed the Change Host and also the points on Flamers, RIP Flamers. Um, I, think, I still think they're good, but they're very expensive now. 175 points for six wounds is nuts. Um, so you probably, yeah, yeah, Owen, like mm-hmm. crazy. Wow. Um, uh, but like the the kind of um, key takeaway I would say is that not that, the, that you got so much from Host Arcanum actually, and that you still will continue to get so much from Host Arcanum. That really, it really goes to show the power of a sub faction and what a sub faction can bring to the table. It was mm-hmm. you got a pre-game move for D three flying units, huge, especially when you wanted to bring. Um, uh, spellcasters into range to do a certain thing or more importantly you wanted to bring an unbind into range in fact actually here at the super series not super series here at the uh the tribes event at the weekend um uh saw cities of sigma with the bridge uh wanted to be played um and then it was just the pre-game move immediately which put a caster within 30 inches because obviously they pre-measured and like right i'm outside of 30 inches and then mm-hmm. pre-game move, put them within 30 inches. And then in the first, third, and fifth round, Host Arcanum could just automatically unbind a spell, yes. which is massive on top of the um, Destiny dice. They're just like, yeah. like it's, a, it's like a free double six Destiny dice, like in the pool, three mm-hmm. times. Like, it's mad. If I said to you, if I, if I did it the other way and said, uh, you can add uh, uh, six sixes to your Destiny dice pool, like, you'd be like, yeah, I'll take that sub-faction, thanks. Like, thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's two, a couple of interesting points in the chat. And as you were talking, it got me thinking. So I think War Machine and I are on a similar um, sort of train of thought here. Um, he's saying, you know, the strength of Host Arcanum going to 3.0 is that it doesn't rely on a battalion like Change Host. Yeah, exactly. Change Host was an extra little bit of flavor. But I do think that that... that is a good uh, summarizing point from two to three in terms of where the strength of certain builds lies in that if you were relying on a sub-faction uh, to give you uh, a, a, a selection of abilities or, or, or ways to play as opposed to a, a, a War Scroll Battalion, I think that that puts you in a sweet spot moving forward. 
um, for example, from my, you know, from my personal thing, um, you know, Patch Effects Elite is something that I really enjoyed playing. And I think that the, all that that gives me moving forward is much stronger than perhaps the extra RDP that I lost that now that I can't take the Mortex Shield core. So I think that would actually probably be an interesting one moving forward, uh, just for people to have a look at or have a think is that, you know, with your book, if you've got a decent selection of sub factions, that will soften the blow of losing perhaps some war score battalions and then it'll give you more points you know you, you know you're not spending 180 points on change host anymore are you mm. um anyway just a just a little thought meander I think, there. I think i think the change is going to be particularly massive because if you didn't play if you weren't playing much age of sigmar over the past year actually age of sigmar 3 is a really nice like right time to kick back in now like bosh but we've all mm. You and me and, and the gang. Uh, thanks to SFO Mongoose for donating £6.69 to the show. Hugely appreciated. Like, you, me, and the gang have kind of, like, really got into it. Um, over, like, well, I mean, I've also really been into it. But, like, we've all been into it for a long time. So, at the, at the cutting edge, so much changes, like, when you change stuff a little bit. But this isn't a little bit. This is, like, a full shake-up. But, actually, uh, you want to really ask yourself like what stuff plays through and actually going back to zinch for a little bit uh for a second that sub faction is massive because it's all free stuff it's mm -hmm. all free stuff in host arcanum that you get to bring to the table and i think that that's going to be really key and i think uh, and i think sub factions that do give you all that good free stuff are going to just be in a really good place because sub factions if anything are more powerful now than the battalions well they were probably already, but like what I mean is, is like that's that way of getting free stuff that you previously didn't get. Uh, can I just thank uh, a massive uh, Henry Steele? Big love to him uh, for for subscribing for 27 months. Uh, Shabangabang bogglers, he says. Um, uh, Henry also the first painting tutorial I've ever watched, start to finish in my life. Um, he he did a uh, uh, cruel boy shields the scare mask. Yes, I watched that one last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never watched How one before. How hyped is that going to get you for for painting up those cruelly boys? Eh? I mean, I'm never going to do Amazing. that. There was like eight thousand. I, I love the flex at the end. He painted like three amazingly beautiful shields, and at the end was like. I'm probably not going to use any of these. I'm going to do something else, but it's been fun all the same. And I'm like, <laughs> if I had them all painted like that, I would just do the do the rest of the army like that because it looked amazing. Uh, yeah, it was uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, can I also oh. just thank uh, Huge Ass uh, for donating uh, £20.69 to the show. So that's Huge... Uh, no, Huge Ass um, for donating £20.69 to the show. Very much appreciated. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... Is that, is that Scrunty Hugh? Huge Ass. No, no, I don't think so. Oh. I'm not sure. Thanks. Thanks, you. You, Jars. Mr. Jars. I bet he had a great time in school. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, so, Rob, going going to this idea of um, uh, strength from a battalion versus strength from a sub-faction, yep. sticking within chaos, I think that, that that moves us quite nicely on to Nurgle. Now, the Maggotkin of Nurgle... Um, people say to me, like, why did you ban them for the Fat Middle? If you remember the Fat Middle tournament, it did. Nurgle did really well through 2.0. Um, and, and I think the two sort of builds that you would see, the main one that you think of is, is Blight King spam, right? Which was all centered around the Blight Cyst Battalion. It was. Um, it was so, the battalion you know, he... that, it was the battalion that gave that the strength, right? Yeah, because you get the rend on, on it gives you minus one rend on those attacks which can explode on sixes to hit. So and then obviously the Harbinger of Decay giving you that sweet um five up DPR. 
I'd so. actually, I'd actually um, say that I actually think that the the keenly felt loss of this battalion. Sorry, I don't want to like jump in, but like is actually not as bad as it sounds initially. So the the loss of Rend One isn't awful because I think Rend One itself is quite bad now. Previously, mm-hmm. Rend One would be pretty good because we pretty much considered to be the standard armor save to be a four plus, but with Mystic Shield. Um, um, uh, all-out defense and a bunch of other ways to get plus one save in your army as well as multiple stacks of plus one save so that actually you could have plus two save and then rend one is still is effectively zero um, I would actually argue that rend one is actually worse like so if you're paying for rend one yeah then like in your war scroll like you know like, not that I think there's any kind of attribution between like what's on the war scroll and what the points are but it's a different show like the the point is if you're paying for that rend one it's actually not as effective and blight kings still have a load of attacks so if you go into the right army what you really need to ask yourself is how in nurgle am i getting the mortal wounds to punch through these two up one up save armor saves do you know what i mean well like, Funny you say that, Rob. Oh, good. It's funny you say that. God, this is great. We're like high-fiving each other as we go past. Um, Because um, I think that one uh, sub-faction that wasn't used uh, as much as it could have been um, was the the Munificent Wanderers. Um, So thinking people used to build the Thricefold Battalion, uh, obviously with the three big fatties, the three great inclemens, or normally it was two great inclemens and Roticus. Mm-hmm. And because it dropped to 60 points, it was hella strong. But um, I actually think that the strongest part of, of that and actually the direction of travel for Nurgle in general would be moving towards the Munificent Wanderers and being very sort of demon heavy. Um, for those that don't know, like Munificent Wanderers have got some amazing abilities. You know, if you're within three inches of a demon unit, you ignore minus one rend to zero. Um, and then the um, it's the endless gift. So wholly within 12 units that are wholly within 12 of the general, if you do a six to hit against them, it's a mortal wound back to the attacking unit. So, um, yeah, it's pretty horrible. So that's the way that you're going to get your mortals punching through, along with Bile Piper and the other little heroes. Like, I, I think Nurgle Stonks, I, I mean, I hear that there's a new book potentially on the horizon and that will change things. But even as they stand... The new beasts of Nurgle, um, yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of play with 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 big blocks of plague bearers. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think they went up in 3.0 either, did they? No, uh, and I think like Iron Gutsman's pointing out, Sloppy Bar Piper got massive upgrade in, in the last edition. Epidemius is still good. Like I think you could do some real interesting stuff with Nurgle, and like and I think that this is that time now to also push like go and get your Nurgle collection out and and try and see how it plays because also. Um, uh, I would say one of the things that's that's quite interesting is how uh, there's also there's also quite there's a couple of priests I think in Nurgle that are available or at least allyable in or like but I think there are some priests. Well, the plague priests for the Skaven plague priests can go in. I think yeah, can't yeah, they? Yeah, they go in as uh, what they're not Grand Alliance, whatever that confusing thing is now. That's the the pestilence. No, the the sorry, there's a the, whatever it's an ally, but it's not an ally, so whatever it, that is. But um, uh, you could still take. Uh, the 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 prayer to give mortals on sixes to hit. So you've kind of got two ways of putting that in a coalition. Thanks everyone. 
uh, big love to you. Uh, yeah, so coalition. So you can still you can still get like a, a bunch of like uh, mortals kicking out of the army as well. Which, like I've said, I think I think you're really going to be looking for your units that do mortals against the armor saves, and then your units that maybe just punch against the units that don't have much of an armor save. If we really see them at all, um, is uh, it's going to be one of those key points. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, like uh, Nurgle's in a, in a very interesting space. It's also I, lost, I think so. It's also lost Thricefold though, so that's that's that was a fun build, and it's a shame it went away. Yeah, and being able to squeeze in Bellacor at two forty, um, yeah, it was pretty spicy. Um, just going to give a shout out to Pask. Pask, hey, Pask, what up? Hope you're doing well, bro. Um, he's saying that he's got the last round of his Butcher's Ditch, uh, which was some of the lower strength books. Uh, it looks like he's saying, that, uh, yes, Cities and Slanesh. Maybe we'll, uh, I'll catch up with you this week and we'll have a chat about the tournament next Monday, perhaps. Well, how about that? I love that. Um, so sticking within Chaos, um, there's one more Chaos faction uh, that, that I felt was, actually, no, they're more in the hipster end of things. Um, we could round out chaos if you wanted, or we could stick with what I saw as the big bads through the course Let's of the year. Let's go big bads. So, um, another guess, Rob. I mean, throw it out there. What do you think? IDK. I yes. don't know what people are going to do without offensive eels. That's what it stands <laughs> for. <laughs> I mean, they're cheaper than Colonel Hunters with bows and with what? swords, right? So. Why? Like I'm sorry. What the hell? <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> well, I'm still emotionally recovering from that, but that's fine. Uh, the 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 truth. Yeah, that... because because Volturnus definitely meant to be minus one to hit for like a six month period. That was definitely what they were going for, right? he void he had void chill darkness and now it's been agreed that you can't put mount traits onto named characters yes um so that that you know hope you had fun with that bloody deepkin players who didn't need another leg up <laughs> damn it anyway, i'm just being silly but no um yeah uh gilboy gang as as, as colonel cabbage is saying in the chat you know, you had Sven shocking the world with like 11 sharks just hosing Archeon off in, was it one turn, Rob? I can't remember. It was at one of my tournaments. We saw the, the I, no, I think I think he did about, I think he did about like 15 or 16 wounds to a kind of already wounded Archeon. Yeah, yeah but mm. that was so good. Can I just thank, by the way, can I thank Pregnant Mong Mong Mongoose for resubscribing? Uh, big love. Appreciate all of you. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the... The, the eels have gone up, but like obviously, I mean, there's not really much to say about IDK other than the big update that kind of happened when we got, yeah, saw the Broken, broken Realms book exactly. just reintroduced us to the them and in, in loads of other new and interesting ways and actually gave rise to kind of the, the Tom Gilboy kind of build, which was the defensive uh, eels with also the turtle so that they're sat on that two-up unrendable save, which is a, a fascinating, like much less of the, the trading game that we used to see with the... I, eels have been like an evolution right they were like nine from deep strike plus six to charge i win yeah like <laughs> yeah <laughs> to uh to to units of threes trading objectives yeah um all the time and then we went to this kind of final iteration uh, the Gilboy version which was like the turtle and then the defensive eels and then having them on that two up armor save which would just run forward turn one and it would be like hit me with your whole army daddy and then like they do nothing 
Yeah, or the best you'd kill is 140 points of defensive eels. Yeah, like you like. It's just, absolutely wild. The amount wild. of times he just went right. Here's six Ishlian guard, and you've got three stone horns. Man, don't give a fuck. Just come at me. And then like, okay, you've killed three of my Ishlian guard or four, and now my turtle and my sharks and Volturnus are just going to lift everything off. It's um. Yeah, pretty wild. I mean, you saw people go for the four Leviathan build. I think Age of Sebmar. Seb uh, was ran four turtles, um, and yeah, it, it, it goes to show with a good, with a really good book that you can, you know, build a little, much like Seraphon, build a little core and then have loads of flavor all around. Mm. And I think that the every, everything's still incredibly fast. Everything flies. It all benefits from some of the best allegiance abilities in the book uh, in the game. Um, very interesting um, new book for them would be. I would be very interested to see because GW are historically uh, rather heavy-handed, hashtag Slanesh. So, you know, they don't seem to want to rein in the Ivaneth, do they? Never. Elves... Elves Never. get a free pass of all the time. The all realms. the time. I don't, eels have been the the slipperiest things, uh, like unit in maybe all of Age of it maybe in all of Age of Sigma. I don't think there's been a undercosted unit like them for the whole, like because they are now they're on a book that's three, nearly four years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, those those offensive eels have gone up. They're now one ninety five for three. But they started out much lower, and they have been persistently undercosted versus other stuff in their category. Even if you take like Enlightened or Skyfires, Enlightened cost more points, and for them to be good, you have to hit them first. Um, uh, like, they, like, <laughs> like, like five, say. yeah, <laughs> madness! <laughs> like it's madness. Uh, like Skyfires are more expensive. You're talking about those like uber fast and, and able to dish out stuff. Like they, like it's been a fascinating time to kind of like cover them. But Eidneth over the past at least. I would say six months have been more interesting than Age of Sigmar because people have been flying around with the turtles and other stuff. And also the rise of the shark meta. The shark's got a massive upgrade. And actually, one of the uh, armies I'm going to 3D print uh, is uh, there's a really nice kind of like alternate, like aquatic gun unit, let's call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to build myself uh, maybe. I love that. Aquatic gun unit. I know everyone in the chat went, salmon cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a salmon with a cannon on top? Yeah, it's literally a plastic toy of a salmon that I've just put a, yes. a 40k gun on. No, it's not that at all. It's actually really. Aw- I'd go get it. It's over there, but like it's really awesome. But the point is, um, is I'm gonna like put like I don't know maybe eight to ten sharks on the table, um, uh, like, and I think that that's uh, because it's there's some good shooting with a leviathan. There's some good shooting coming out of those, and actually one of the things that they really needed, I think. Yeah, I do think two things. I quite like it if we just have a little nod you, to the future. I'll go get it AOS while you, you carry on, Owen. You, you, you do okay, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and vibe it. So I'm not sure what people in the chat think, but um, obviously the fact that you can't stack Volturnus' command ability obviously keeps him in check. But I do think plus one attack to like a mo- like to three units is still super strong. So yeah, Volti, Volti not stacking is, is, is a good little rein in. Just saying to the chat that uh, Volty not stacking is helpful, Rob. Yeah. Um, the reinforcement. Oh wow, that's amazing. You got to get that on the table, man. I know. That look, he's got. He's cool. carrying little uh, for podcast guys. He's kind of like a a giant murloc. Um, but yeah, I'm doing ten he's, of these. I'm getting strong harvester vibes, man. I've been looking at my Gothazar harvesters, and he looks a bit like a sea sea harvester. Um, oh, I've got yeah, some. If cool. you want some alternate harvesters, baby, talk to me because. There's some cuties. Uh, but anyway, let's continue. 
Um, and then also you've got things like the reinforcement points means that you're not going to see quite as many sharks, pairs of sharks, uh, you know, because the two sharks in a pair was was really strong. So that holds them back a touch. But then that's countered with sharks with notorious net launchers doing unleash hell so that your opponent can't pile in when they charge you. Crazy good crazy is... good although <laughs> although although maybe less useful when we're going to see more elite slash monstrous units because the pilot because you're already connected mm. right um yeah i'm, I'm gonna also say am i am i mad in thinking that reavers might be okay because you get reavers doing unleash hell like 20 reavers would do 60 shots because you get three shots per and they've come down in points I guess it depends. I, I guess it. De- I guess it depends what's hitting them. Like I've said, I think one of the key takeaways that I would immediately look at in uh, in Age of Sigma would be looking at how I deal with two plus armor saves. I think that's going to be the first stumbling block that people are going to ha- have for themselves. People are going to walk into it and be like, "What am I like? What's going to be my problem?" And I think as soon as we see those those units painted up. Well, not even painted up. Like, there's going to be a lot of three-up armor saves just straight off the bat. People are going to be throwing Mega Gargants at you with a three-up save. They're going to have a three-up save, a five-up DPR, and a re-rollable three-up save on 40 wounds. Yeah? That's not nothing. Okay? <laughs> like, so you've got to ask yourself, how are you going to, like, punch through that and what are you going to do? And I would say that that kind of, uh, that, that's one of those key takeaways for me is what I would look at. So Reavers and some of those shooting units that only do like a limit, like, you know, like, yeah, they do a stand and shoot, but I don't think there's things that are going to be hitting them are really going to worry that much about the shots that, that they're being stand and shot with. Am I, if, I, if that mm. makes sense. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Especially with the minus one to hit. It's only the stuff that's proccing mortals, I suppose. But Tarquin yeah. Rex in the chat has said, I'm mad, very mad, very, very mad. Uh, so I, I think perhaps uh, the fever dream where I had loads of amazingly painted reavers all over the board, I think that that needs to maybe stay in my dreams and not on the tabletop, Rob. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. that's one. To... So talking about elves shooting things, um, we can either talk about Lumineth or Doors of Cain <laughs> next. Let's talk about Doors of Cain, because um, I love this list. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, love is you know, it's a, it's dangerous, isn't it, love? <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. It is love is a dangerous thing, a beautiful thing sometimes, but uh, <laughs> love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. Um, uh, that's by the way the start of the elephant love melody from um, uh, Moulin Rouge. If anyone's a fan of musicals and um, uh, uh, mashups. Uh, great tune yes. to listen to. Uh, <laughs> Ewan McGregor is in that, and he's great. Love will tear us apart. You've got it, idiot. With uh, yeah, the um, uh, Daughters of Cain, really good with the the bow snakes and Love is a Battlefield. You're all brilliant people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep it coming. I'm into it. This keep, is brilliant. keep it coming to chat. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the uh, um, the bow snakes. Really, Love is it, is, yeah. <laughs> Warhammer, ever played Warhammer in an elevator? Weirdest place you've ever played Warhammer, Rob? Go. Weirdest place I've ever played Warhammer. <sighs> Don't say somewhere in the north of England and upset a load of people. No, no, no. I mean, probably the Frontline Gaming Studios, uh, like, studio. 
we went. I went over there when I was working for Games Workshop, and um, they were meant to go over and play Warhammer. That was kind of the reason that they were there. But really, uh, I, as kind of the the uh, like the side guy, got made to play one of their side guys while they went mm. all and talked about business. And then I had to make a list, Owen, of models I found on the shelf. I was like, oh, I guess I'll take Scar Bloodwrath and some Blood Crushers, I guess, and. Like, uh, uh, and then they were like, and then like, ha ha, you lost. That's, that, that's legitimately amazing. Scar, Bloodwrath, and Blood Crushers, the first two things you put down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, everything else wasn't. One Skull Cannon, um, that was weird. That was a weird time. They were like, do you want to play Warhammer? I was like, yeah. And they were like, here's some random stuff. Build yourself an army. And I was like, that isn't how it works, but okay. Um, and then someone played like a dick kicking cities list, or I wasn't cities at that point, but it was like a free guild list. And they were like, mm. This is my tournament list. I was like, Cool, this is stuff I found on the shelf. Go. <laughs> I'm going to walk towards you and you're going to shoot me off. <laughs> fucking Much shit. enjoy. <laughs> Big thumbs. Uh, <laughs> that's the weirdest place. Where's the weirdest place you've been? Crimbobo, uh, probably. Okay, yeah, Crimbobo is a fucking weird place. That's fair. It was yeah. It took me a while to to get my head around everything that was going on. But anyway, that was a nice detour, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Daughters of Cain got a new book, Rob, um, and they were good before, and they got better, right? They got more options. They got more tech. I think we have to give a shout out to Corey Papp over in Australia, who was um, Corey smashing it with um, Corey's Gambit, I believe it was the. Uh, so he was that list was rocking before the new book came out, wasn't it? That was the list where he could use Laoshon and he had the old mirror dance mm. and the caliber on teleport. And yeah, he, he kind of had a wonderful time. And then that, that, that sort of set the scene for the new book to come out and <clears throat> a lot of that to come out. So the, the list at the weekend, Rob, was that, uh, was that, uh, you, you said that wasn't a Calibron, that was, uh, like a Hagnar or a Keltnar. No, it was still. It was Keltnar, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, very similar. Then Bow Snakes. And Keltnar allows you to take the Bow Snakes battle line. So we can still see that exact build. Not quite as many, like, you won't get as quite as many bodies, but Marathian 15 Bow Snakes, I think, is still something that's very viable. I really do. The wooden thing to say about it, though, is the two kind of builds you generally tend to see are either Hagnar, of course, or you see. Um, Calibron. Calibron. Calibron for the teleports and the utility across the army. I think you're more likely to see the Hagnar variant as well now. Um, uh, because, like, the Hagnar just makes the bow snakes a little bit more survivable. So that, like, because you really, that, it's that bow snake brick, which is a 15, which is 500 points, basically, that you're keeping them alive. That's really important because they're going to do all the damage. So Marathi plus them is just going to go do the work. And I think, um, uh, and I think, I think that's still going to be a super viable army. Thanks, Nurgle Matthew, for donating um, uh, a gift to Azar Oz, and thanks for saying hi, Azar Oz. Big love. To it's all um, of you. it's a it's a big transition for you know, let's call them traditional uh, Daughters of Cain players. You know, you have gone very much away from you know the kind of lists that Benjamin Savo was doing well with and Jack Armstrong. Um, you know, whereby it would be based around, uh, I think Ben Curry was using it as well, like either Cauldron Guard or Slaughter Troop. You know, the, the battalions seem to be quite the a old, big yeah, thing. The old version, the, yeah. The old versions and, um, you know, big, big bricks of uh, 30 sisters or 30 witch elves, 60 witch elves. And it does seem to now lean very much more into a finesse kind of build rather than a grind where you've got... Because the, the bow snakes... You know, you made reference to the fact that Tom lost five or six of them on turn one. They still only have a five-up save, right? So they are quite fragile. But um, 
Pascus made a reference there to Alex Tubb and Mazur in the chat. They were doing a lot of good work on TTS with these lists. And that's where you would see two times shadow stonkers with two times 10 witches. And you would have these, you know, moving screens that could bop around and they're constantly protecting the castle, which had the bow snakes in. And then Marathi, who is going to be amazing in 3.0, going off, smashing things in the face and not dying and just generally being a, a unique problem in the game, right? She can, she'll she continue to be a unique, unique problem, but she'll just have a few more um, a few more tricks up her sleeve. A with... few more tricks. Like, imagine, like, Marathi with uh, plus one save is bananas with plus one to wound from heroic action. Uh, you can't heal her, obviously. You can't do that. Um, but you can, of course, like, use the other command abilities for, like, plus one to hit. You can use um, uh, take cover, so it's going to be plus one save. Like, there's just going to be... Uh, like so many things. Um, yeah. Uh, like Cheeky if... monstrous reactions for Marathi. Oh. Extra. You know, poke yeah. some D3 mortals wounds through. Yeah, the poke on D3 mortal wounds isn't nothing. Like, like I, I actually think I'm less bothered about the monstrous reactions. I think they're fine. I think that they're more situation. They'll do a thing. Like it's the like that's why I think actually having taken some time to digest it all, it's going to be those heroic monsters, um, which are kind of key. Uh, which kind of leads to the conversation about Archeon only going up thirty points. That's bananas, in my opinion. Um, mm. uh, with heals and also plus one saves and all sorts of other jazz. Uh, I think actually uh, Archeon's going to be a hundred percent a thing in this edition. Uh, whichever mm. army you want to run him in, slaves, um, all sorts of all sorts of madness yeah. with that guy. Uh, you can do some fascinating stuff. So yeah, uh, the daughters of Cain I think are in a really good spot now, and I think that they were in a they've been in a good spot since the beginning, since their release. They've never actually been on the down on the down no 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 they're like the original ideneth aren't they always did well but maybe weren't that much of a a, you know there is a a cliche around it being quite a difficult army to get on the table historically because you did need to build 60 witches and a cord and a marathi and some whereas now the armies can be a bit smaller tubs 93 uh, in the chat um who played uh, a lot of uh, daughters did very well with them alex i believe that he might have won one of my events or he might have won he definitely won did really well on the stream he beat iron guts uh yeah so from tubs coming from a, a a perspective of knowledge um shouting out about the the combat snakes which obviously we saw dayton from part of the all points do really well in one of my hammer times. Uh, I think that that list really did well with the Scath Coven because the Scath Coven battalion used to give battle shock immunity, so he could YOLO forward twenty a big brick of twenty snakes and not really care about you know casualties. Um, yeah. But I'd still take the point. Um, he's saying only a ten percent increase, two inch reach. So yeah, no issues with cohesion there. So you can take them in bigger bricks. Um, how many wounds are they? Two. The uh, they're only two, aren't they? Yes. And so. they've only got a five okay. up armor save, which is why I think you'll see Hagnar more because you'll just mm. and also you get access to fanatical faith as well of a five plus, which is good against mortals. Yeah. So like and and um and also can we? You just don't do... get it against mortals, Rob. You don't get fanatical oh. faith five up. It's only against regular wounds. Yes, that's true. Sorry, uh, I thought it was the other way around. Uh, and also, I was just going to say that that unit of fifteen bow snakes is kind of better now. You reduce it down to one or two bow snakes. You had no options before, but now you've got rally, and you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Now you're thinking it through, and you're like, okay, I'll just keep rallying that unit. Same with thirty sentinels, like take them down to two, and they're just like cool. Um, I'm just going to try and rally that unit over every because rally is every hero phase. So rally. And rally. given I, I did hoover up a few battle reports at the weekend, and 
There's lots of CP around, Rob. So these armies that rely on CP, or not rely, but are given incredible force multiplication through CP, with more of it knocking around, you know, those bow snakes will be shooting every combat phase, or, or, or sorry, every hero phase. Um, and also, you know, they will be um, unleashing hell if they are charged. So, um, yeah, uh, I think it's Uthvich in the chat saying, I think we have now have too many CPs. Um, well, yeah, let's see how that shakes down. I have been thinking with list writing and stuff, like, do I really need to build towards, you know, CP or, you know, because it does seem to be a hell of a lot knocking about. Um, I, you, I don't think so. I think there's so much you could talk about in that particular front right now. but And then we should talk about the other elves. Uh, we've got elves, and then we've got one more outside of elves. So uh, we can talk about Lumineth Realm Lords now, if you like, Rob. Yeah, sure. So obviously they came out, um, you know, kind of midway through the lockdown. Um, very much... Uh, you know, they, they did seem very strong when they came out and they continue to be strong going into 3.0. And, you know, most of what we've seen, apart from obviously these new wind charger builds uh, after the FAQ, um, you know, we had the classic Techless Castle, which did, it didn't do as well as you'd expect it to do. But I, I think that that's... I that's don't think it did either. No, it's, it's, it, it, it's quite difficult to play. But then you put it in the hands of a very... Uh, you know, adept general like um, Sean over in uh, New Zealand. Big Sean. You know, Big Sean, I mean, he only ran it a few weeks ago. And it, apart from the new um, spell law, the wind mage spell law, it was very much like the classic, let's call them Lumineth 1.0 lists. Um, I mean, Tarquin Rex thinks it's bad, very bad. I don't know. I've seen, I've seen good players beat other good players. Uh, when they're playing their Lumineth into... I've seen them smash Seraphon. Like, you know, if played well, Lumineth, that Tetlas build can absolutely crush Seraphon. They have all um, the tools. They have all the tools. Oh, yeah. I just think... I think I think, uh, I think everyone's right. I think uh, stacking Tetlas on top of Tetlas is actually weird. Whereas if you just say, look, I can give you a battle line unit that's got a 4-up save base, can have a 5-up DPR from another spell. Like, you take Tetlas because of the board wide, but you can, you can have a smaller version of it. And as soon as you have the smaller version of it you've got the same effect for a lot less points um and then you're not really babysitting your buff piece because that's really what was happening um you were babysitting your buff pieces uh with your like that was making i think i think basically i think defensive lumineth is way worse than offensive lumineth i think lumineth have got all of the tools if you put if you say hey your armor save is a four up base across your army and you can take it to a three up at any point with a resource that no one else can touch you'll be like okay that's a good army like, but then people were like, I want more. They got greedy and they went like, I'm going to stick Teclas on top of it and I'm going to try and make them undis like undestructible and indestructible. But then when you're thinking I'm going to be indestructible, that you're giving your opponent the opportunity to hit you, you're being like, okay, you hit me, I'm safe. Yeah, it's like, well, why aren't you hitting them? Like, mm. you know, like, you know, you're sat in your pillbox. It's different between sat in a pillbox, like a little defensive with a machine gun, like, when they come for me, I'm going to fucking get them. Or the, version, the other version is you get in your tank and you drive at the enemy and you fucking get them. Like, yeah, that, 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 those mobile, are, mobile pillbox. Yeah, mobile <laughs> pillbox. And I think that that's one of the things that really needs to, uh, like, be thought about and, and, and attacked, really. I think, like, I think Lumineth are in a very good place. Um, and I think, like you say, I think the more you play with them, I think you've got so many decision points in the game now as well, and Lumineth on top. I think, and you've got some incredible pieces. Those... 
fucking boxes are going to be everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, super strong. And I actually don't think that the full potential of Lumineth has been in any way cracked. Um, I think it's like, you know, you're going to need to put in 100 plus games to um, be able to, to unlock them. know which lead. Yeah, because it's so many levers, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, Tarkin Rex in the chat saying he's never lost against Techless, not once. So cool. Um, I have. And there's some really good techless players out there. Um, so I, I think it's got game. I mean, how much has he gone up? 740? Is he 740. 740. I think techless is too much personally, but that's a personal thing. I'm sure someone will prove me wrong. Um, I mean, then again, like Nagash, sorry to jump in, Rob, but Nagash, you know, he's 975, but he can miscast with his first. Um, you know, techless can never miscast. He's always going to get his four spells at 10. You yeah. Know, he's got his auto unbind. I think that there's, there is value in that. I would um, say that Techlist would be too expensive at 980. Like I think oh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, way way too much. I think 975 oh, yeah. is 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 okay. Like but 980 whew, I would Yeah, those 5 points, man. That yeah, would that, that would make all the difference, I would say. Rain that sucker in. <laughs> um, and then we've got one more army. Yeah. Got one more army. It's not from uh Chaos or Order because everything has been so far. So who do you think our final kind of, you know, AOS 2 star book was? It's got to be Sorry. more tribes, right? Yes, indeed, Rob. The ogre more tribes. Um, yeah. Turned out to be a cracker of a book in the end, eh? Well, not... Like, I think there's an asterisk on that, like, to be honest. Like, I think the more tribes book relies on having a frost lord on Stonehorn. If that isn't there, then mm -hmm. the book falls apart. Like, there was a lot of conversation early about gluttons and everything else. And I think my initial reaction to the book was that, like, and I think if you go back and ever watch it, I was like, I was like, the Stonehorn part's fine. But that isn't what mm -hmm. needed changing. Actually, before that book, Stonehorns were always great. Yeah, like they, yeah. they, they at one point were the dominant army in Age of Sigmar. It was Stonehorns and Battleline Grots was the dominant army in Age of Sigmar. So we weren't really ever looking for Frostlords on Stonehorns to get better or be better, but they did get an upgrade with the new book. Really, you, it was all the other stuff that never saw the table. So Gluttons never, never saw the table. Manny is never saw the table. Lead Belchers never saw the table. Iron Guts never saw the table. Um, scrap Launchers, gorgeous. Iron Blasters. Yeah, Gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous for a little bit saw the table because they were super cheap. They used to be like 60 points at one point. Like They were like dumb cheap. Um, but like, they were, like that was the kind of thing that you were looking for. And ultimately, I don't think that that really, that really saw play. I, I mm. like at the end of the day, like stuff we saw all the time was Frost Lord, Stonehorn, Yobad or Bulgullet, uh, sorry, Bulgullet or Boulderhead, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, and all that other stuff. But, you know, people have tried other lists out, and obviously, Iron Gutsman in the chat is a one man, um, a meta breaking machine, right? Yeah, I'm not going to try and pretend that I know loads about ogres because there's some, some really notable ogre players in the chat. Um, but I think that given the. I, I, Ogres came out at the same time as Ossiarch Bone Reapers. And I think much like when you get those dual releases, one one book takes up all the oxygen in the room a little bit. And yeah. I think that now that it's all shaked down, whilst the traditional sort of gutbusters players, the things that made them good in the past uh, were still good. Stuff like the Tyrant making a big unit of um, bulls, Battleshock Immune or whatever, like that was still good. 
But I do think that they did like the allegiance abilities always are like, oh, wow, amazing. Like everything going like two inch movement when you're hungry and then plus two bravery when you're eating. Like, I love that. Like, you know, they've got the delivery method. You know, you, you can make those fatty, chonky, thick boys move pretty fast across the table. Right. Um, but yeah, you are right. It, BCR seemed to be the. You know, that was what you would see in team tournaments. You know, if you've got to take one from each Grand Alliance or whatever, or what each, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, if you had to take a destruction list, it would be generally one or two Frostlord on Stonehorns, some Morn Fang, maybe some Beast Riders all wrapped up in Yearbad. So Yearbad going away, going back to the conversation we had earlier about sub-factions versus battalions, like mm. the, the Yearbad battalion was great for getting low drop and dictating, and also those mortal wounds to hit were amazing. But I still think that Blood Gullet and Bold Ahead giving those excellent sub-faction abilities, and the fact that the Frost Lord on Stonehorn hasn't actually gone up too much, and all the different things you can do with, you know, they can do... Imagine if you had a Frostlord on Stonehorn with Metal Cruncher. So he goes in and he charges and does mortal wounds when he charges, right? On the As charge. The charge. Yep. Then he's a monster, so he does a, a stomp and does another D3 on a 2+. plus. Then he does D6 with his Metal Cruncher, and then he finally gets to fight. Like, mm -hmm. stomps, and, and, and you right? can And you can give him plus one for all that attack in that command phase. <laughs> Wow, Gutsman with some shade in the chat there. Yulblad players will have to learn how to write a list. <laughs> Stuart, that's because not many people write lists while they're also composing math jazz. Um, yeah, so they're not yeah, really like in that, that headspace. Whilst, yeah, 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 just you know, like multitasking the shit out of it. Uh, hey, He's and that's not to say we didn't see like other lists. Like uh, obviously in Ireland, um, uh, we know a load of people have been pushing like multi thunder tusk lists, and actually we saw one on the stream on the TTS event. Um, yeah. from all that mortal wound shooting. And honestly, I think the stonks on that are higher. I think they're a little bit better because the mortal wound output that we see is going to be one of those things that you're going to need to punch through those two-up armor saves that we might see uh, in the game. And also they've got monster reactions and, and, and other stuff that they could they could add to the mix. And again, they didn't go up a lot of points either. So I think you could do something really fun there. I'm on the fence with the with the whole, the, what do they call it? Like the, the yet, not Yeti meta. You know, the whole snowball meta. Yeah. Because it is really good into hordes, whereas we're not going to see as many hordes anymore. So you are going to be, I think it's like 10 dice or 12 dice on, and you'll be looking at mortal wounds on sixes. You know, whereas if you were putting it into 40 blocks of skinks, it would be on, you know, on fours. And that's where we saw them do amazing work. I think we did see, I think it was Stephen, wasn't it? it was Stephen Mitchell, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, from from Northern Ireland, who yeah. played against one of the French players at one of my events and just like hosed off about 100 skinks in a turn um, against Fangs. I don't know if you remember that game. But um, yeah, so it was I, great. It I, was wonderful. Yeah. Loved it. But then conversely, we did see in the Super Series, we saw uh, Rick Myhill. I had a chat with him afterwards. And, you know, his Thunder Tusks were always the thing that were left alive at the end. You know, but everyone in, focuses down on the Frost Lords because you don't care about that. No, no five up no five up DPR, poor, very poor damage. You know, minus one rend D3 damage on the Tusks rather than minus two rend four damage on the Stonehorn Horns. Mm -hmm. So you know people are saying oh he's a priest but uh you know I well that was the thing that was a good great thing about richie right um uh, so richie was playing at the weekend he was playing with his mega gargants and i've seen mega gargants play a lot now and i'm gonna have to see so many more play in the next edition but we won't talk about that for the moment um so many and it's, if you're a mega gargant player like i best hear a name for each one of your mega gargants you've got 
four units you got to name. I haven't got time for you fucking around. I want I want people to get really weirdly narrative on it, like just because they're super good now. But the thing I want to say was, as what I liked about Richie's playstyle was Richie was doing this thing where he was sending. Normally, what we saw at the Super Series is we saw the three Megas and we saw the Gatebreaker run off to go do the damage. But actually, what Richie was doing is he was sending off the three War Stompers to do the damage. So he was like sending them out, and then so you were dealing with all of these like these 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 wounds, and then you were getting hit back, um, and then like the Gatebreakers were following up, which I always thought was was the play. Um, and I, or I just thought sending them all forward anyway. But I love that. I thought that that was really good. But th- that ties in with also how that Stonehorn works, right? Also how Archeon works, that you're just throwing this giant threat at. So I think the reason the Thunderstars were left alive is because, yeah, you're dealing with these problem pieces in the Frostal or Stonehorn uh, or Archeon or those Mancrushers, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said. Or, or um, what is her name? Uh, Marathi. I actually think the armies that generally tend to do really well is where they give you a problem, you have to push mm. out of your objective, and then mm. the whole time, the rest of their army's doing its bits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Much like what we saw people like Daniil at the Super Series, he would, you know, pose a... You'd, you'd be so concentrated on trying to deal with this horrible castle of shooting, which tended to be near you and near your objectives, then, yeah, you're while you're not focusing on that, then you know, you're, you're, you're capping all the objectives with lots of little bits of units. Um, so that brings us to the end of, like, the big threats. And then we had some other stuff that bubbled up, Rob. Ooh. So um, I'm going to just throw these all at you, and I'm going to throw them all at the chat, all at once, mm. and talk about one, or, or let me know if you think I've missed one, or if anybody in the chat thinks that I've missed one. Not 300 Noblars, Pask. That was not a list that, that saw anything other than one tournament, I don't think. No. But here we go. So I think it would be rude not to say. So we got uh, Sons of Bayamat, Takers and Breakers. Okay, they were a thing around a little bit. Slays to Darkness, Knights of the Empty Throne. Oh, yeah. Play Touch Warband, baby. Smash Bat. Smash Bat played at the weekend. He played yesterday. Nick was running him. Nick Vadino. He was like, Smash Bat. Um, Jaws of Mork. Bouncy, bouncy, squiggy boys. 45. Joan Noah Singh killing yeah. the internet with 45 other little fuckers. And they never, they'll never see the table again. Sad face. Stormkeep Patrol. Yeah, baby. You that was it. a thing for about a fortnight. And then Adam, Adam killed it. <laughs> By being shit. So that's the thing. <laughs> okay, these, this list was actually in my like top lists. This, all, this got demoted at the last minute. Oh, okay. But the Legions of Chaos Ascendant, Rob... Loka. The Gold Summoner, summoning Loka. 10 pinks. Loka was a thing. Loka was 100% a thing. Although he did take a nerf in GHB 2020, uh, going down to five. But I still think Loka was a thing even after that as well. And I think could still be a thing, Legion of the First Prince, actually. Yeah, yeah, I still think it's good. Um, but yeah, you know, Corruptor with the fourfold blade. Or we did see, I played against somebody with, with, uh, with the bloody combination of a Vermin Lord Deceiver and Kairos. And then they teleport forward, chuck out the vortex, and Kairos auto, well, not auto casts it, but he can then use his Oracle of Eternity to make sure that that vortex is cast on turn one. Um, yeah, Loka had loads of fun. You know, you could do um, chariots or blood crushers all getting regenerated at the end in Legion of the First Prince. Um, yeah, it was a wild time. Um, I really, I really did like that. Um, and I, and I think the last one, Rob, I know that I threw out quite a lot at one time and I don't know if 
people want to give us feedback on those or but um i do think that big war needs to have a little bit of a, a nod you know people big running war. around with you know six pigs and you know war dogs maybe chuck a rogue idol and then as leo calls it the mean crusher so you know metal ripper's claw mean un, you know the 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 the, the mega boss or more crusher with the minus three rend and the extra damage and generally being an absolute weapon um yeah we saw people such as Orkman, um you know doing some amazing work with with uh with a with a more crusher inside of uh big war so that i think that was kind of that's that's that's, that's very 2.0. Consider everyone put it. that together in four minutes. Uh, incredible. Yeah, I would say that there's some standouts. It's all actually. here. It's and... all useless now, but it's all here. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, thanks to AOSP for donating ten pounds to the show. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate all of you. Uh, I've got some stuff actually that I think got left out. Shootcast. Oof. Oh, of course, the triple triple battalion. Can't argue with Shootcast, I don't think. I think there's something uh, to be said about that, and we saw that more and more. Uh, I actually was going to do a kind of uh, RIP uh, to the battalions that we lost or that mm. we knew, um, and then we'll see if anything kind of stands out to anyone, if you guys are interested in that. So I'll go through them. Uh, shout out. So Change Host, RIP, uh, Happily Gone. Play I'm going to be back in one second, okay, Rob? Back yeah. in one second. <laughs> There's no way he's not like, like going to get a party popper or something <laughs> for this situation. Uh, I'll just hold off while I wait for him to come back. Thanks, everyone, by the way, for like being here and everything else. Also, it's Owen's birthday this weekend, so if any of you want to tweet him and just say happy birthday, Owen, or like big love to him, he'd love that. He's such a nice fella. Um, and you guys should do that because it'd be great. Also, thanks for being you guys. You guys are lush. Lush, lush, lush. Uh, Warhammer Rob, hope you well. Uh, uh, battalions are, are the friends we made along the way. We're a battalion. The Honest Wargamer Battalion. Um, uh, leader, one moron. Um, uh, zero to one billion geniuses uh, is what it I'm is. good oh, for another hour. I'm good for another hour. Don't worry, Rob. You sure? Yeah, man. Okay. Light as a feather now. <laughs> right, good. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so the battalions. Change host. Plague Touched Warband, goodbye. Uh, the Hurricane Wind Temple, little did we know you. Um, Blight Lords did lose Renziggy, but we talked about that earlier and that being a positive, I think. But we'll talk more about that. Uh, Depraved Drove for Beast of Chaos. Can't take those in anything anymore. Ardfist uh, for you uh, big war players. The uh, Aurelan Legion for Lumineth. So yeah. So I, I love the way that it took it for it to actually not be legal in match play for you to now be able to pronounce it correctly. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm still proud of you. Okay, Rob. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> uh, RIP to the Yobad. Um, that was gone. Uh, RIP to, at one point, a uh, pretty, pretty terrifying um, uh, battalion and the Supreme Cyberites for Sanesh. There was a time yes. when that's all it was. Uh, so they that was that battalion was it caused more issue I would say than even the change host. Um, uh, so that was the that was the one. Uh, this 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 battalion probably as strong as the supreme cyberite. Sorry, in the trog herd. <laughs> much loved, much loved. The trog herd was always like, how cheap is the battalion? How good is it? And is it as bad as the trog herd compared to 180 points? And uh, that's where we... It was our benchmark for bad. Mm, 
much like the Stormcast four up save, you know, two two wound liberators with a base mark, you know, benchmark for all other points and and units. Yeah. Um, then it was that it was that mega mob, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. The, so the scourge of the mid tables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the squigglelanch. Little did we know you. Um, the outcast battalion for Sylvaneth. Oh yeah, that was that was somebody in the chat said Uthvich in the chat. Yeah, that was an excellent way of um, getting your second artifact and being anywhere close to you know doing something in the game. Hey, four Durthus now, Owen. I'm just saying it. Like maybe. I yeah. Don't, at least I mean, a couple. You could. <laughs> Oh yes, Gutsman in the chat. One person ran. Uh, what was it? Household battalion. No retreat. Uh, with, with no retreat, tree lord. Yes, yeah, crazy. That, yeah, with with like some sharks. That was the list. Yeah. Um, um, massive said, thanks uh, to sorry. Massive thanks to MJ Pegasus for donating fourteen pounds ninety three to the show, man. Thanks so much, fucking superstar. And also RIP to. He's also a fellow Silverneth player. He's currently building himself an Alariel Owen. So. Like, we've got to get cool, him out man. there. Uh, the Wicked Iron Sky the, uh, Attack myself. and Command Squadrons for KO. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Aussie's had a wonderful time playing the Attack Squadron uh, in the jankiest way possible for a little while. Mm -hmm. So that was good for them. Everyone um, but yeah, Tubbs93 is, is shouting out where my head went to, which was that Plague Touch Warband, and to a lesser degree, the Ruinbringer Warband. Mm -hmm. I think that um, Slaves to Darkness had some wonderful um, battalions that, 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 that really, you know, got them nice and low drop and, like, had some pretty fantastic abilities. Even the Bloodmarked Warband, I'm pretty sure we saw one of the Joels in Australia go 5-0 and with Corn with Archeon based around the Bloodmarked mm -hmm. uh, Warband um, from, um, from the Slaves book. So, yeah, there's, they were quite expensive. They were in that 170, 180 kind of category. Um, but, yeah, Plague Touch made that, that, that nicely empty throne Bill, didn't it, Bob? So um, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty, pretty big one that that, that players will be sad to see go away. Well, wow, talking about uh, chaos ones, this one's for you, Tyrants of Blood. Oh yeah, that was glorious, man. For a while, was it? When you explain, yeah, I had the most fun ever playing at a two and a half thousand point army tournament with five bloodthirsters. That's still. One of my greatest ever achievements. That was fun. Okay. Smashed up Donal, made somebody sell their OBR army after <laughs> on table one. It Did was they sell it to amazing. you? <laughs> no, no. Scarbrand double moved and uh, smoked 15 Death Riders in one go. Old <laughs> Petrifex Death Riders. And the guy was like, what? They do what? I was like, yep. See you later. It was brilliant. It was like the best fun ever. Amazing. Um, but yeah, Brass to Spoilers. You know, that's another one. Yeah. Tyrants was cool, man. Like hey. I know it was a bit bit obnoxious, but if played correctly, Tyrants was, was like some of the most cinematic moments on a tabletop you could ever have. Okay. Because they're still like they're still super swingy. You know, it's not like okay, my bloodthirst is gonna be twos and twos, ren three, five damage. They were like fours re-rolling ones and then twos. Um yeah, like also gore pilgrims, you know. They would learn trade play, like literally symbiotically. We both went to Gore Pilgrims. 
Uh, um, listen, listen. I, I think Australia will be sad about the loss of Gil- Gore Pilgrims because that's all I ever heard come out of an Australian show ever. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh yeah, but how will anyone beat Gore Pilgrims?" And I was like, "Is Gore Pilgrims a problem?" Like, <laughs> I'd always say, apparently yes is the answer. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Lord of the Lodge, R.I.P. Yeah, Lord of the Lodge, not R.I.P. I mean, not bothered. Very happy about that. I listen. Fire. I'm tempted to play Fire Slayers, Owen. The first thing I'm going to do is write a Fire Slayers list. You need to talk to Andy Hughes then, especially if you want to play the the the, the tech, the the, the Lofnir gun line. That's uh, what I want. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. I think that there's something there, especially if there's going to be loads of monsters on the board. We'll see. Um, Thricefold Yeah, Lords, Lords of the Lodge defined the book, right? For defined the last two years. The whole been, book. It defined, like you know combat in the game for a while you know you just can't go near it because it goes twice and blows you up um yeah it was pretty obnoxious but those fire slayers players absolutely loved it didn't they they fucking loved it they fucking loved it and i love that the army might turn from a melee army into a gun army so they have to rebuy their whole army and they're like oh no how will we tell the difference because it's still just the same 30 dudes they just look they've got one different gun hilarious hilarious um, <laughs> I don't think Darker Design, by the way, what, I'm not saying that they are a shooting army now. That's just what I would like to imagine them as being. They they seem to have an answer to a problem. Because you can still do all the defensive stuff, Owen, right? You can still do all the defensive stuff that made them tanky and now you're mm-hmm. adding uh, well, you, you can't do the thing, like you say, that defined them, which was the fight twice um, uh, like ability um, or the strike first, whichever one you got from Lords of the Lodge. Anyway, uh, Death Riders Battalion, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, very much on the fun end of things, right? Um, yeah. But I think that Smorgan was doing really well with the Death Riders in Mixed Death, um, having a lot of fun with that. Um, I mean, I don't think we're going to see that many Hex Raids on the table now, now that the Death Riders has gone away. Which um, is very sad, I'm not, because I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm hoping the rewrite... If I'm honest with you, I'm hoping the rewrite for Nighthorn like is game-breakingly strong. Like I think, like yeah. and specifically, black coaches. I just want to be dumb. I want to see loads of black coaches running around and be like, Do you know what? I'm cool with this. This is fine. Actually, that's interesting. It's a black coach, a monster. Uh, it is a behemoth. I don't know if it's a monster because um, sometimes they're not both. But it could be a monster. Yeah, I don't. I don't think um, Nighthorn have any monsters outside of the Mongol, but he hasn't got points yet. There's a thing for that, though. Like, there's a nice parity to it. Like, if you're running Sons of Behemoth, right, you're running maybe uh, three... If you're running three Megas and three Littles, right, you're running six monsters, which means if I can kill one of your monsters every battle round, I'm gaining myself five VP. If I have no monsters, I'm never giving up that five VP. But yeah, they can get the bonus VP for doing a secondary with a monster but i can turn one of my characters into a monster via a spell and then also achieve those bonus points so do you know what i mean i think there's actually some real counterplay for not taking monsters like if that like and then and then killing the other monsters. i have to i have to see again i've just hoovered up some battle reports over the weekend to get a feel for it because i'm not the kind of player that can just read it and know it i like to see it and it, often a lot of the monstrous reactions were just a bit like oh yeah shit i can do that thing you know, and raw is incredibly powerful, but I still don't know. I think that, like, 
GW wants you to play monsters, but it doesn't mean that monsters are the best way to win games of Age of Sigmar. You got it. That's my... That's However, heroic come. monsters are. Because... Hence why I'm writing... Nagash list! <laughs> oh, <laughs> no! That's why I'm writing sharks, because sharks can eat monsters. That was great. That, that was, was two grown men playing with their toys. Yeah, just being like, how cool is Warhammer? It's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think Nagash is OP now, but I think Nagash might be strong. Um, uh, okay, so yeah. Royal Menagerie, RIP. Uh, yeah, that was um, Speckles. I'm not actually sure what that battalion gave them. It just, it was just what was taken quite a lot, right? Yeah. I, One thing that you can do now, though, right? Can you take Gristlegore Terrorgeists in a unit of three and then rally them back? You can, but it's such a meme that, that it's not worth. It. I don't think fun. it's like. I think the real, the real rally is nine Storm Fiends is a real rally opportunity. Um, mm. uh, because and with plus one save, plus one to hit. Like you can build a couple of Death Stars now, and I think that that Death Star is a particularly scary one. Like with plus one save, like so if you were attack, they got four at base save and they're six wounds apiece. So if you try and shoot them, you're like cool. Like plus one save, uh, you reduce them down half. You're just gonna try and rally them every time. You'll probably bring back like over the course of the game, as long as you never like one shot them. You're probably over the course of the game probably gonna be able to bring several back. Like there's there's a real opportunity cost on those nine storm fiend uh, nine storm fiend brick I would say, um, and they can be battle line yeah. Um, it's funny I've heard from two Skaven players over the weekend that I really respect, and one of them is a bit and one of them's like yay. So um, that's Warhammer in a nutshell, really, isn't it? We all look at it from our own perspective, but um, I, I don't know why. But my with Skaven, my brain went to like um, you know thinking about you know big blocks of clan rats. Uh, or maybe storm vermin because they can reach over the top with a two-inch range. But being Battleshock Commune near a bell and then rallying them all back, that seems pretty good on a block of 30 or something, or 40. Yeah, I, I guess know. so. But like, why do I want to spend a seat? Like, if I'm going to spend rally, like, I get I can bring back like four or five clan rats or four or five something else. But like mm. every, like, I know, it, I know it's unlikely that I'm going to roll super well all the time. But like, if I'm if I'm if I'm pushing nine storm fiends up. And just rolling dice like every single turn, like mm. you know, like even if it's just like oh, only one's died, roll it. I got a six, one's back. Like every time, that really was upscale, like a, like yeah. a lot, right? I've got ten opportunities, like, and if you kill them down to one, I've got a rally turn where I'm rolling eight dice. The next turn, if they're like, I get a couple back, I'm rolling. Let's say, say I get two back, yeah, so I'm on three mm. now. There's still six more. Rally again. Bosh should be another one, yeah. So you're going from one back to four, yeah. You're like fuck, like that's an issue. And I think you can just keep doing that. And like I anyway, I think there's maybe some builds you can do, um, which I think are very interesting around that. Things like sentinels. Like I'd be more interested in rallying very expensive things than I'm interested in, but not to the terror guys level. That's ridiculous. I'm not yeah, gonna... rallying Colonel hunters maybe take a brick of nine or something and yeah. then they be battle line. No. So oh, does it have to be battle line? No, so no. Nine. It's just, uh, oh man, Frecky, thanks so much for donating fifty pounds to the show. That's fucking quid. incredibly kind. Fuck. Thanks, man. Thanks, dude. Uh, yeah, dude. That's wild. Very much appreciated. So much love. Um, 
Fuck. Now I don't know if that's if that brings us down if that brings the curtain down, Rob. Oh, um, let me just fire through and, the last we... couple because I know we got to go. Yeah, yeah. Viperic guard. No, I don't have to go. I was just going to say that I've got a few thoughts on three point if we want to have a round. Oh yeah, of let five me just uh, let end. me just read these out. Viperic guard, Cunning Ruck, Mortex Shield Corpse. Uh, yeah, big Frecky energy. Thanks, Frecky. That's so fucking kind of you. Fourteen percent of the way to a new computer already is mental on from one show. Ah. So thank you, everyone. Like incredible. Mortex... I mean, I have to get my cut. Obviously, yeah, of course, of course, we'll yeah. I'll, after the show, yeah, yeah. I don't even, yes, yeah, yeah. That's Sorry that's how that works. It, but it was, was it, the, it was, it's probably your sweat that's like burnt out the uh, wow, the... there's a lot of it. Eh? <laughs> if the neighbors down below were complaining about leaking roof, then that would have been more about my, <laughs> my sweat. <laughs> I had to go to A and E because of all the super series coverage. You know that, Rob? I didn't is tell you is that, that, that what happened? Yeah, I think that I got a very mild case of DVT from standing up for 20 hours talking about toy soldiers with you. Uh, oh, so man. I had to go to the hospital. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, man. That was oh, funny. my God. Um, oh, I don't know. You've lost me now. I don't know what to say. I just dropped, I dropped that on you. <laughs> dropped that on you. Um, I'll get you a stool the, next time. If that what, what, what were the last battalions? Cunning uh, Rock, Mortex Shield Corps, and then, of course, Royal Mordants and Angelus Conclave. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, the, the Royal Mordants, I think somebody mentioned it in the chat earlier because that was the core of, of the Smashback, wasn't it, really, Rob? Uh, yeah, um, it was. You know, your Hollow Morn Smashback moving 17 inches in the hero phase and then another 17 just what's going to happen to that bit of paper this this these are the battalions everyone and let's see if i can do it let's see if i can oh, you're going to launch them Boom! In, the bin. in the bin they're done we now were, we, we didn't see what that camera saw by the way oh no they did you didn't damn it okay well <laughs> i hope it was a good shot guys i got it in I... it was it was about a foot away if i missed that oh, i'd be yes. embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> i fell off your chair or something <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's battalions over. So Age of Sigmar three. Let's look to the future. What yes. do we all think, Twitch chat and Owen? What do you think? Um, right. I'm still really trying to get my head around it all. A combination of I'm sure you're the same, Rob, with planning for the uh, you know the 2.0 uh, tournaments you had at the weekend and things. It's it's quite hard to think, or maybe it's just me. Um, but yeah, I think my overall things at the moment are. Um, uh, I think that the Dominion box looks good. I think people wanted to get into the game. That looks like a really good start. Um, I did pick one up. Um, I think I'm going to maybe... Yeah, it would be Cruel Boys that I do over over Stormcast. Um, but yeah, my notes really at the moment are that um, I do think the Monsters thing's a gimmick. I think it'd be nice to push D3 Mortal Wounds every through every now and again. Um, but do you I'm mean not Monsters gonna... that aren't heroes? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to make it so that, um, yeah, that uh, I don't, I don't know. I think outside of maybe Nagash or or, or Arkham in my OBR lists, uh, people are saying you know uh, the stonks on harvesters are quite high. But anyway, my my overall feeling, I think that monsters as it breaks down, um, non-hero monsters will be um, a little bit of a gimmick perhaps. Um, and then the redeploy looks incredibly strong, I must say, making those charges longer um redeploy looks incredibly strong so inherent bonuses to charging stonks are up personally 
Okay. Um, yep. Harvey Sprank, no, no, no. I'll just, I'll just address this. No Bristol event coverage from the weekend. I've got some information from the TO, um, from the piss poor general, but we're going to have a chat about it next weekend. So next week, he's going to give me everything and we're going to chat about it next week. So Harvey, next week, okay? Yeah. Sorry, Rob, I'll just come back. Um, so yeah, redeploy looks, looks hella strong. Um, and I, I think that stepping back to a bit higher level again, um, units being able to give themselves command abilities, like the unit being able to give themselves the command really good. is incredibly strong, right? It means that you can push MSU units out all over the board and they can unleash hell or give themselves the saves and things of that nature. Um, those are my, um, and I'm lost. Uh, I've put my other note is that CPs for days and I'm completely lost without War Scroll Builder. Um, writing lists <laughs> Same. seems... I was going to say at the start, I've seen so many people be like, I've written 100 lists. I'm like, on Excel, you fucking weirdos. Like, yeah, but like, I know that there are loads of people who are good at Excel. I get it. Um, yeah, I'm just waiting for War Scroll Builder to get updated before I build myself lists. Uh, and like you say, I have, I've had an Age of Sigmar 2 tournament this weekend with an Age of Sigmar 3 tournament here in two weeks. So there's been that transitional period for me. Um, uh, but like, I'm very, very excited about it. I think, like you say, I think, I think monster heroes are going to be the ones, god monsters, frostals, and so on, those sorts of things. Things that were already good are better now because of an inherent plus one saves, and also that heroic moment is uh, just going to be uh, just that's the one. That's where things are going to change up massively. Um, uh, so yeah, like I think that those are kind of key takeaways. I think that there's going to be nice, there's going to be small interactions and other stuff. Actually, the show we're going to do tonight is we're going to kind of like deep dive on the uh, the secondaries, the battle tactics, and also the tertiaries. Mm. And we're going to kind of talk about that. And I think that that's really where the gains are going to be made for the players in um, playing on the tabletop and the wins. I think the list writing is... Um, I think there's still lists where you can just obnoxiously... I don't want to get too nuanced. I don't want to... I call it my speckles moment. Uh, most people have a, a, like a, an epiphany. Mine was a, a speckles moment uh, where there'll always be a psycho uh, who'll just send five monsters at you and just be like, I'm going to do an overwhelming amount of damage in the first turn. Something always to remember. Um, uh, like So I, I, I'm... I'm Conscious of not being too clever about Age of Sigmar 3, even though I think it's got a higher skill cap for certain players, I think ultimately, I think uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of where you're going to win and lose is going to be those battle tactics. I think that's kind of going to be the key point. I think there's going to be obviously stuff on the tabletop that's much harder to talk about um, without really showing on the tabletop. And we're going to be doing that more uh, in the future, like after the next couple of weeks when we're all set up. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be those battle tactics that will define how you'll play and what you'll do. And you'll probably give yourself some kind of like, you'll look at your opponent's army and you'll think, okay, my battle tactics combo, because you, you've got to choose five different ones of eight um, and you have to choose them at different turns. So you're going to want, very much like when you deploy, you deploy with intent. I think you're going to choose your battle tactics with intent. You're going to be like, right, this isn't going to be relevant until turn five. Like, or actually it's going to be harder to achieve until the game opens up. I like what you did when you were talking about the coverage. One of the things that you said um, is how does an army unpack? I really love that. I'm going to steal that off you forever, I think, actually. Um, like, I love that. Like, you deploy and then how does it unpack? And I think, actually, how does your battle plan unpack in the future with those battle tactics? That's probably my core takeaway for AOS mm. 3. Um, and also, I think there's going to be a lot of, like, meta shift. And also, can you fuck around with the meta a little bit? Like I was talking about with shooting uh, fire slayers, like, you know, 
we we're gonna get to fuck around with it. So like like there's gonna be lots of god monsters. So actually, is shooting fire sails really good? Like does that mm. work? Do you know what I mean? Are things that are good against monsters really good? Not monsters, but hero and also stuff that is heroes. Like the stuff that's good against heroes gonna be better. I think that's gonna be really cool as well. And of course, shackles is all I keep thinking about. I just keep thinking what? about shackles. Is shackles like half run, half charge? No, like shackles is shackles is wholly within three inches of each other. So you make a, a three-inch triangle. Mm-hmm. Any unit within six inches, so you've got six, three, six, so like 15 f- inches. 15-inch bubble. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that includes the base size, so you might add two inches either side. I've got to just get it out on the table and have a look. Um, can't charge. Wow. Just can't charge. Wow. I also can't run, but give a fuck. Can't charge. So I stick that in front of my army. Can't charge me. Lovely. <laughs> Which really benefits shooting, is all I'm going to say. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, there was. I did see a note in one of the chats from the end of the day, and it was like, I think that at the start of AOS 3, it's just going to be all shooting castles, um, yeah. which I'm not sure if I agree with that necessarily because I don't have a handle on it so much. Um, I think what I'm – my brain's going towards OBR, and obviously there's – you know, some stuff uh, we need to be told about exactly how our relentless discipline points are going to work. But um, it is a tricky one because everyone's talking about the age of MSU, but then you need, like historically, you've always needed big bricks to deal with a rampaging mega gargan or a moor crusher or a frost lord on stonehorn, right? Like I know that mathematically I always, I'm going to need at least 20-ish Mortec Guard left after I've been hit in the face by something to have any chance of breaking down a, a Mega Gargan or, or a Frost Lord in one go. Um, so it does concern me that, um, you know, people are going to be leaning into more MSU, and that's cool, and you can have more units around the board and, and, and capping and scoring, and it'd be quite a dynamic game. But dependent on the battle plans and how the opponents built their army, you know, I can see Mega Gargans and, you know, punchy combat monsters, hero monsters, just walloping their way across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's one. So I'm kind of trying to lean into resilient MSE blobs um, and trying to get re- as many rend and mortals into my list as possible. Here's a, here's a question for you, Rob, yeah, please. and for the chat in general. So Nagash's commandability, Supreme Lord of the Undead, it's 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 procked in the hero phase, yep. and it gives reroll ones to save, yep. reroll ones to hit, and battleshock immunity. Yep. To Does to, it to who? And in what range? To the whole army. To the board wide. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Board wide. Good thumb. So does that mean that because they're getting reroll ones to hit in the combat phase, does that count as an order being issued, or a command being issued and received? So can I not no, give them another? No, it's not that phase. Oh, amazing! So I could get reroll ones to hit, and then plus one attack on them as well. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty, them... I'm pretty certain. I don't know if what people in the chat think. So that, that I kind of because it makes re, I think it makes rerolls um, and and stuff that affects the whole army really really strong, right? Yeah, like, it's super unique as well, around. and it's why he's nine nine five, right? Like or nine whatever. Um, uh, like like uh, I'm pretty certain that that's the situation. But there's there's also a difference. Uh, so yeah, one command per phase, right? I think one of the mm. other things that is really interesting is like an aura ability. So like if let's say I do a command ability on me, whatever my character is, that's re-roll ones to hit in the combat phase within 12 inches, yeah? That's on me. 
right? Mm. And so if you benefit from it, from that aura ability, so like reroll once hit, you can still give them plus one to hit because they're receiving a command. Like they're not receiving the command. The person receiving mm. the command is the hero and they're affecting others around them, right? Right. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that because if you give a buff out that works in multiple phases, whether at the time you check to receive the buff is then a, a receipt of a command. But um, I, I think that uh, yourself and the people in the chat are um, saying um, that it works in the way that I want it to work. So that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do think, it, it, I don't know what everybody else feels. And I'm sure that there's people, some people who have just like devoured the book. Um, but just want to give a shout out to Tub93 who makes a great point about, you know, backing up the idea of about rerolls that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks why Hagnar is good again and also Slaves. Yeah, I think Slaves to Darkness. You've got so many rerolls, you know, from prayers and from spells that when you can then lead in and give yourself pluses to hit to add on top of the in- in- inherent rerolls. Um, I do like the the slaves book for that for that reason exactly mm. um but um yeah and one thing i think i like again thinking personally from a from a from a, an obr point of view uh, another thought i've had is that that re-roll charge triumph i'm going to be building that into most of my lists um because that's one thing that's really going to hold us back um i was thinking about stuff like because re- redeploy is what's worrying me rob that's what's worrying me i don't care about what anybody's army you can bring all the all the jank you 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 you, you're like, I, I really don't like the look of redeploy. I think that that's going to be huge. Even though most of the people that did it that I watched on Battle Reports at the weekend rolled a one and then got all salty about it. Because, <laughs> you know, you just literally spend the CP and then you roll a D6 and you move that many inches away. So you've got this weird thing of, but it's a bit like how people were playing against the Corn Demon Prince. Because his bubble was wholly within 18, mm. you had this decision about whether to sit just outside of 18 and then go for a 10-inch charge. Mm. Or go inside the bubble and turn a three-inch charge into a six. Do you know this kind of thing? Hey, like, Owen. Do you? Yeah. Imagine activating the command ability for you having to half your charges, and mm-hmm. then when do you activate it? The Con Demon Prince yeah. one is in the hero phase. So then you stand outside of the bubble, and then the Corn Demon Prince redeploys d6 inches, and then puts you inside the bubble. Ah, yeah, because redeploy doesn't determine that you have to move away. No, you just can redeploy move D6 closer, inches. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Tubbs again, Corn Demon Prince and Redeploy is abusive. Um, yeah, I, I do think that it's one of those subtle little things that's in there. Also, another thing that people haven't talked about a great deal, Rob, and I know we're at two hours now, so we'll, we'll round it out because <laughs> I need some food. I went but, earlier um, on the phone. I'm not sure we've got much to talk about today. <laughs> sorry. I've literally woken up with you while live on the internet. I'm fucking so, loving yeah. this. It's great. Let's do this. Like, I, there's so yeah. much. This is going to be everyone's experience for months yes. now. It's just going to be us talking and talking and talking. How does this work? Because really, like, uh, like that's how we all learn. That's one of the things mm. that, like, w- uh, like was on the weekend. Like, really, it's going out and playing games. Such a Warhammer isn't easy. It's so much information. It's so complex. And one of the things that we learn best is just by interacting with each other consistently. So human beings learn best as well. So mm. this is valuable for me as it's valuable for everyone else. So love you. Carry on with whatever you say. Mate, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, um... It, it, I think I might have lost my point, uh, but um, I, uh, I do think that, yeah, the redeploy, and also, sorry, the other thing that I was going to say that hasn't been talked about a great deal is the change to piling in. Yeah. Um, I think piling in t- so that you have to stay as close to the unit rather than the model. If you've got flying units, especially, uh, is 
it's blown my mind about how good that is um, because it really, you know, it, obviously coherency is a thing, mm. but um, piling in to be closer to the unit. So if you can fly and pile over the top, um, you know, you can still be, okay, I'm still, you know, whatever, uh, 1.4 inches away from the unit, but I'm now the other side of the screen and I'm 1.4 inches away and now I'm hitting you with my two-inch weapon into your juicy little heroes that I've jumped over the top. Like, I think piling in closer to the unit, uh, there we go, well done, Gutsman. You were thinking the same thing as me, levitating zombies piling in nine inches. Mm -hmm. Please enjoy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because the levitate spell is uh, it's a casting value of an eight, but it's the only spell from the universal spell or enhancements that isn't just on the caster. It's on um, someone else. You can actually put it onto a unit. So I've been thinking about some some flying Mortec guard. Da -da -da -da! Oh, flying harvester. That might be fun. Anyway, um, so many flying yeah. things. Like there's so much options, yeah. right? Like which I think is uh, flying phoenix guard. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> Flying Kragnos. I, I do think that we all we all need to try and get get a handle on where we're at with the game, though, don't we, Rob? Before the big day, because there's got to be a day one FAQ for practically every single faction, and that's going to throw all the cards up in the air again. So I think we have to take this time, and uh, exactly like what you've been saying, like a chat like this, or getting a few pals together uh, for a game, and like just, I find often when you play a game. And you what? And then you've got a couple of pals that are watching the game, and then you can chat about at the end of each turn or each battle round. You know that's a really good learning. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure about everybody else, but I've got a few little sessions booked in this week to try and um, you know learn. I learn through playing. I don't learn through reading. So um, I think this is a golden time now for everybody to get together and muddle through some games. I think the right. I think the right thing now is to uh, is to learn the game. I think that's one of the things. Like that's always actually, and mm. and I've been through like several editions now, and also GHBs and everyone else, everything else. And as someone who does it for work, if I have any advice to kind of round off the show, it's that the first thing I always do is I learn the core rules and I learn everything that's available there. That's my my bedrock. And because obviously, learn like if you learn your army and how that applies to the core rules, you're gonna you're gonna it's a bit arse backwards, and you're gonna learn them the wrong way. Whereas if the right way to learn them is learn the core rules and then learn your army on top, um, is kind of thing. And I think because like those FAQs are coming and we're gonna see armies change so much, I probably wouldn't worry to like too much right now. Like pink horrors are like effectively mechanically broken and i don't mean like oh they're too strong i mean that they they act some things never change here right? <laughs> pink horrors are mechanically broken well shit what is this uh, <laughs> or something. uh thanks to icy in the chat for donating four pound 20 to the show uh hashtag blaze it um uh i would uh say that um uh yeah the the that i'm not learning like right now everyone's arguing about pink horrors and i'm just like cool I don't care what the answer is. I'm just waiting for there to be an answer, right? Um, and then after that, I'll uh, I'll deal with the next thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that as a as a tip again, Rob would be um, avoid all of the drama that you see online, and read all the battle tactics, read all the tertiaries and the second like uh, figure out how you want to achieve. The goal of winning your games with your chosen army—that uh, would be that. Because I, because I think, you know, list writing's completely changed in terms of the battalions that we were talking about and everything like that. But 
what you need to do to win the game seems to have fundamentally changed as well, right? Yeah. Like the people that push their army forward and, and blow stuff up are going to not win on the missions. Um, so I think even more so the attitude of being prepared and having a plan and, you know, figuring out your deployment and figuring out how you unpack, I think that's more important than ever. I, I don't really know what the point of that was. No, no, I agree. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. Listen, uh, it's been lovely talking to you all. Um, this has been great. Uh, I'll be live again tonight at 7 p.m. with Nathan and the gang. Um, the Nathan Prescott Show. I might just start calling the, yes. the Monday show the Nathan Prescott Show. Hello, welcome to the Nathan Prescott Show. <laughs> this Nathan has been the Owen Jackson Show. It's been amazing. It's um, not. It's, hey, it's hey, really I've, I've loved it. It's been, it's been brilliant. Um, yeah, I've got lots to do. Uh, so looking forward to it. And I think Owen's right. Like These things, have these chats, talk with your friends. Like, and if you don't have people to talk about, come on the show, obviously. Uh, and hang out and ask the questions that you want. Um, it's been wicked. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out today. Thanks, Owen, for hanging out too. Thanks, man. Nice to uh, wake up with you on this Monday. I better do some real work now, eh? Boo. Me too. I have to um, paint but, yeah. a lot of 40K terrain. Like, a lot. Wow. Like, a lot. The, the, the painting train just... Uh, there's no end to the line, is there? I ran, I ran the tournament last night, so got up at 7. I was here at 7.30, ran it till, like, 8. Uh, and then and then I just started to just get all the 3D printers back out again. I was like, come on, boys. There'll be a day soon, Owen. There'll be a day soon where I'm going to go home before midnight. But it's not this day. Because uh... <laughs> today we paint more terrain. Oh, but it's really fun. Like The, the, the beautiful armies that were here at the weekend playing on the terrain was fucking wicked. I was so happy. Yeah, like, it awesome looked... pictures online, man. You need to post pictures from the tournaments they looked yeah look really good yeah so it's also a nice bit of show off like you know yeah like i just like the i like the setting like i like like the uh, talking about it all the time like we do and all that other stuff but ultimately warhammer is a physical game you play in person and i think that's the kind of key point why don't we want to make that as good as possible all the time mm -hmm. mats terrain uh tokens uh those are there's a huge conversation about that uh was it pete at the weekend that was using them uh, i'm not sure someone i think uh it was pete had some um, that he had printed out and they were fucking great. Diogen's done some um, for uh, the monster reactions and all the other stuff. So there's just some good good stuff, man. Anyway, uh, thanks to Owen, the Owen Jackson for being on the show today. Thanks to everyone who's helped. And a special shout out for me at the end is to Ziggy and the stats crew. If it wasn't for Ziggy and the stats crew, we wouldn't have been able to produce the stats that we produced um, over the past. And then we'll be doing them for Age of Sigmar 3, actually. So really looking forward to that. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who's helped uh, try and get some money. We're already f nearly 15% towards stream, new stream computer, which is fucking nuts. So unbelievable. So thank you to all of you. Uh, thanks to everyone on Patreon. Thanks to like you guys. Like, there's too many people to thank. Uh, Owen, you got any shout outs before we go? Um, oh, God, you put me on the spot here. You don't uh, have to. Um, my pal Toby, Toby Meadows. Um, he's a lovely guy. Did a cheeky little battle report for um, for another channel for Hellstorm, and I really enjoyed it. It was nice to see his face, um, and I look forward to seeing him at some tournaments. So I'll shout out Toby because it was uh, yeah, it was good to see him at the weekend. Hey, there we go. Big shout out to him. Uh, thanks everyone in the chat. Love you all. Uh, look after yourselves. Thanks for being in the knee stabbing gang and being part of the Honest War game. We'll see you soon. Have a nice day. Thank you.